sound like we got the Vegas invite, and they're not just bringing us to uh, announce the Raiders, that you might have got a, uh, a little residency at, uh, I don't know, you were placing Celine? Was- she's still singing? I don't know. I mean, she's got the one song. I mean, how many times can you sing that freaking song? You know, I don't know, but she probably, how many times do you think she sang the Titanic song in her life? Uh, my, my life will go on or whatever it's called. 10 million. I mean, honestly, she's probably sang it. 250 days a year for the last 20 years. Maybe it was even, how old is that? So, I mean, when did that movie come out? Mid nineties, late nineties. We were in June. Uh, that movie came out in like night. Yeah. It had to be like 97. Six. Yeah. yeah 96, 98, somewhere like that. I went to the theater with a friend and my dad to see that movie. So we're 24 plus years in 200. Yeah. She's saying it a lot, you know, thousands of times. I mean, you would, I would think it's like, but the question is, you just hope when you're known for anything, like, do people, or do you like the thing you're known for? You know, when people walk up to you and be like, Hey, father, say, Hey, like your catchphrase, you know, if you have a catchphrase or something like that, do you like the thing that you're known for? Cause if well, you, you know, don't, then it's miserable. You know, what's funny is I, uh, the trailer for the Sopranos movie is kind of making its rounds, you know, like two minutes. It's a prequel based on when Tony was a kid. And I just saw two seconds. I haven't even seen the whole trailer. But so the other night I'm in bed. I go on YouTube and I just want to watch some like James Gandolfini interviews. And they're they're talking to Gandolfini and the guy asks him like, what do most people like, you know, singer Chappelle said forever. People came up to him and like Rick James, bitch. And they're like, when people come up to you on the street, how, what do they say? Do they first just. Hey, ask you a question about Sopranos. They say, hey, James. He said, no. 99% of people for the last 15 years, the number one thing they say to me whenever they cross me in a restaurant, airport, wherever, is like, what's up, Tony? Like, I'm just, they just call me Tony. You know? yeah. yeah. And I was thinking, like, if I walk by him, I might, you know, RIP. I think that's just, you just see Tony Soprano. You're like, Tony, you know? It's, it's, it's underrated, I think. You see somebody that you really know in public, that you, I mean, you don't know them, but they're famous. I, it's, I don't, I think sometimes people probably do that. Not, not sometimes people probably do that a lot where you call the person by their character name instead of their real name. And it might, part of it's just like, you're so overwhelmed that you're seeing this person. Yeah. You might not know exactly, you know, you just kind of wait. Oh my God. That's a Tony, Tony. And, and, uh, and I think, and I think TV characters historically more than movie characters, they weren't as famous, right? Like, if I saw Leonardo DiCaprio, I wouldn't call him by a character in a movie he played. He's played or Tom Hanks. They're Tom Hanks, right? Or that's Leonardo DiCaprio, or Bruce Willis. Like when you see James Gandolfini, I, th- I would imagine most people or whoever, a big TV character, it was like that with the group, the friends group forever. You just think of their TV character, Rachel, right? Ross, you know, right? Tony, the Michael K. Williams who just died uh, a couple weeks ago, Omar, from the wire, I just think you would think of like the the main character he played in the TV show, which is probably a little different for uh, you know, for movie characters. Just because once you become such a like Will Smith, you know, you wouldn't be like Will. That's uh, that's Mike Lowry from Bad Boys One, Two, and Three. <laughs> that's Will Smith, right? Mike Lowry. 
Mike I'm just checking, checking the stream. Looks like all right. Got a little issue here on our on our side, but it looks okay. I'm I'm crisp on my side. Um, I mean, you're checking the the. I'm just checking the stream. We are streaming, right? Somebody confirmed to us in the comments that we are streaming. It, I just looked. We are, but it's not showing up in every spot. It usually gives me some analytics on the stream I'm looking at right now that it it's not showing me. What issue but, did um, you see? Let me double check. Well, there's just a couple little things that aren't that that are. are uh, but it looks like the stream is flying. So if you could, uh, yep, yep, yep. Okay, everyone's seeing it. All right. So we're good. I see us live right now. Rock yeah, and roll. so do I. It doesn't, some of the, uh, it might be a YouTube issue then. All right, John, this, this show, this show is sponsored by our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Our friends and your friends, Tito's Handmade Vodka. Uh, I actually have with me today a pack of, you know, everyone, cards are back. I don't know if you know about this. I cards do. are back. They are yeah. blowing up. I've got some uh, cocktail cards here. Oh. For those of you listening, I have not opened this pack of Tito's cocktail cards yet. And maybe I'll just pull one out and uh, I assume they're recipes. Maybe we got a recipe for the weekend. Maybe they're but, saying, you know, or a toast. Oh, yeah. No, they're cards. I got trading okay. cards. We've got a Tito's warm up. Oh, this is perfect. A Tito's halftime and underdog timeout. They're all sports related. A Tito's halftime. Okay. This is uh, Tito's tea lemonade and a lemon wedge oh not bad yeah oh so they so they are all i think it's a john daly (laughs) (laughs) how awesome is that i just pulled a card out of the pack it's called the tito's halftime and it just happens to be a john daly that's pretty sweet i I could go for one right now actually it's two o'clock sounds fantastic jacob just asked is it a tito's rookie card (laughs) yeah a tito's beverage i don't think that's an accident john Tito's handmade vodka as good as it gets. This weekend, number one vodka in America. I challenge you, make yourself a John Daly. You, if you haven't had, I know a lot of our listeners. I mean, we've seen a million of your pictures over the last month and a half, but have a John Daly. If you go out to a restaurant, you take your girlfriend, take your wife, meet a buddy. Just if you have not had one, just ask for a John Daly with Tito's. You will not be disappointed. Honestly, it'll be like, this is a normal Palmer. It's incredible. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I got a little buzz. Of course you do, because it's the number one vodka in America. It goes down smooth. This guy had a vision. His name's Tito Beverage. That's where they get the name Tito's. No big deal. Uh, and, you know, it's what we're all drinking. And I, I can't recommend it enough. We've given you guys several recipes. Now we're off rocking and rolling. And uh, know this. When you get something from Tito's, when you order a cocktail at a restaurant or when you go into, uh, you know, one of your retail Safeways, a BevMo's, whatever – know that it's american made you know bottled and distilled in austin all their uh you know uh operation is in this country america and we take a lot of pride in when we work with companies and they say that this is serious and that obviously doesn't happen often with alcohol anymore yeah tito might actually be slapping the label on the bottle that you bought you know yeah that's possible uh because from the beginning the man built it with his hands and it's still true to the original roots john which is uh quality Going the extra mile for quality, substance, charity, being a good community member. Tito, six-time distilled in copper pots. Not because it is easy, but because it is hard uh, and better. Labor-intensive, yes, but fantastic. Yeah. So uh, get get on it right now. Support Tito's. When you support Tito's, you support us. 
Uh, they're obviously, you know, just, you know, the number, the uh, official vodka of, uh, I don't know, this little thing called the PGA Tour. Now they're partnered with the Ryder Cup. You and know, the Ryder Cup. Golf, Hayward Middlecoff, a lot of connections here. You know, who knows where this could one day go. But uh, I, I have some visions, you know, some thoughts. Uh, I am just glad that they're associated with us. We feel honored, humbled. And, right. uh, you know, we just keep pushing the message. Tito's, go have yourself keep, a cocktail this weekend. Keep sending us photos of you, uh, of your drinks. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Uh, podcast also brought to you by mybookie.ag, promo code HAM1. Mybookie.ag, promo code HAM, and the number one. Uh, if you use HAM1, they will match your deposit dollar for dollar up to $1,000. If you accept the bonus, you have to bet the full amount, whatever that amount that you deposited is, before you withdraw funds. You can also decline the bonus, but either way, HAM1, that way they know we sent you. We may have we locked in our lock of the week and dud of the week. Yeah, we did, guy. We did. Mybookie.ag promo code ham one. I uh, we we talked about it. When were we talking? A little later on Tuesday, huh? So like Tuesday yeah. around dinner time. Didn't do anything until Wednesday morning, and I looked and the number had gone up. When we were talking, it was five and a half, and we I locked it in at Pat's minus six. I feel very good. I I forwarded a tweet on Wednesday with a Pats player that like that was a wake up call. And to me, that means you always say this about college players. They just reiterate what their coach says. Pros sometimes can be hit or miss with that. But I do feel that was, he was talking as if Belichick was talking through this guy. They're playing the jets who Belichick once coached and then he quit. He hates the jets. They just lost to the dolphins. It's all divisional related. McCorkle played good. Uh, I, the jets had a million injuries, a little 49er style. I, I, I think the Pats, I'm not trying to be cocky, 28-10. That's what I feel. I, I would love to see a historical line. Uh, I did not have time to look that up before this stream, this podcast, what the line typically is on this game, because I gave you the stat. Bill has only covered against the Jets five out of the last 14 games, and they play twice a year. Now, and the Jets have been bad. Tougher. Yeah, I mean, the Jets have <laughs> been bad in that stretch, you know, last I checked. Um but you're right. Mac McCorkle looked good last week. I thought looked efficient. Didn't turn the ball over. And that was against a much better secondary Miami secondary than this Jets secondary. Um, now Can I, I will say a little praise, a little familiarity. He had coached for the dolphins. Then he got the jets. He'd just seen Belichick a lot, right? In that division for like seven years. Okay. You're saying it's a different animal for Mike LaFleur. Yeah. I'm just saying LaFleur and Robert Sala, like they're just not used to bill. Like when you're just in the division, you just, the cross tape, you, you're just kind of inundated with the Patriots, right? Yep. You just see them yep. a lot. I will say I did think Zach Wilson, one of my takes before even the preseason was, ah, is he going to look big enough on an NFL field? The answer is yes. And not only that, I thought he looked pretty athletic. Now, he did get sacked six times, and Mekhi Becton got hurt. Not just got hurt, John, had the, uh, the old dislocated kneecap. So oh. he's out four to six. So he lost one of his – he lost really good offensive linemen. Um, so he can't just make some plays. Like it'll be an interesting kind of back and forth, the dynamic play of Zach, where clearly there's not a lot of like playing within the offense right now, still early. And Mac, Zach and Mac, it's just somebody, it's going to be a somebody attack, either a Mac attack or a Zach attack. You can go ahead and write those headlines Monday morning. You're welcome. Mac attack, Zach attack, daily news or, uh, or Boston Herald. Yeah. Post. But, um, it's going to be an interesting kind of, you know, we can we can look at the two guys, the guy that went two and the guy that, you know, many people believe should have gone three. Yeah, I, I had a midweek edible session mixed with an iPad and a game pass where I just kind of 
pick a game that I haven't. That's really how Bill seen, does but, it. Yeah, just I, but I instead of Bill, he rewinds the same play seventeen times. I'm skipping at rapid speed. I I take a thirty five minute condensed game. I consume in about six total minutes. The problem is you in the condensed, you skip ahead and then you got to go back. And it's, it's, we need something a little tighter. But I'm, I'm just looking for a total of like 10 throws from one individual player. It does look sweet coming out of the young looks, Mormon's hand. It looks it does look sick. I understand when people go, good. he's got little Aaron Rodgers, just the ball out of his hand. It looks badass. Yeah. He, he yeah. definitely is a talented player. There's no disputing that. Talented arm. Talented All right, arm. so that's our lock of the week recap. Our uh, dud of the week, our dud of the week, is um, we're betting against the we're betting against the Jags. That's yeah. I mean, if your coach, I guess it's not always the same. If your coach has to answer questions about whether, uh, yeah, it is the same. There's a difference between are you interested in that job, Mario Cristobal at USC, and uh, uh, Urban, are you interested in that job? Everyone thinks you hate life right now. Now, maybe it's not true that he hates life right now. But uh, that's what we're doing right now. We are betting against the Jags. We are shorting Urban Meyer in the NFL. You told me he goes to USC. I'd be like, playoffs two years. <laughs> you know, like he's he's made for college. You just see he's not really. You see that he, uh, I guess the NFL quietly, the rule of where the opposing coach has to get on a conference call with the away media. The NFL no longer mandates that. And that, and Florio had a good point. That used to be the one time when opposing coaches could get in uncomfortable situations because a lot of times the the home media season's long you got to pick your spots with the guy but like an urban meyer like he immediately cancels with the denver media and that crossover you just get crazy questions to whoever you're you know last year you get doug peterson week eight you don't care about asking some crazy question about carson wentz or there you know you just kind of ease into it with other when it's your home guy yeah. Yeah. So that no longer has to do that. I would imagine Belichick will be 0 for 17 now <laughs> on that phone call. Who is going to want to do Who is going to do that? I bet some guys like, I think some guys use it to vet, you know, uh, or not vet, but vent, you know, just vent their frustration. You know, sometimes it's like, who am I going to scream at? I don't want to scream at any of my own people, but I can just kind of be, get after it with some people. I guess maybe there would be a specific, if you're playing some specific game with the opponent, that it helps to get some narrative out there that you want out there. It'd Maybe. be easy just tell your uh, to tell your PR no guy. Way anybody's doing this just a vent. Like they don't want to do yeah, that you're call. Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, Mr. Superfly on YouTube says Zach Wilson gives me Aaron Rodgers vibes. I I think that's what he's going for. Yeah, I think well, that's they, what he's going. They for. had the joint practice where they were hanging out. I think he's going for the Rodgers far vibe. Now the play. I mean, the recent Rodgers vibe is just. He's got a weird look. I mean, going. They got, they got this week. They got he's got a weird look going. So mybookie.ag promo code ham one. Get your gamble on really quick before we uh, dive into 49ers. Can we just give a round of applause here for Guy Haberman? For Guy Haberman. As you see on YouTube, he's got a new backdrop. Homeowner, he he moved to Malibu, California, seventeen million dollar <laughs> home. Pot of Tito's, very good for him. Fucking awesome, bro. This is homeowner. Uh, as Malibu, as California. As you know, our Schwarzenegger. You know, I don't even know who your neighbors are. Al Michaels. Uh, but uh, it's sweet. Oh, thank you. Middle Middlecoff offered to use of his uh, his uh, uh, Hummer several times to uh, yeah. help me move stuff. I declined. Shout out to the guys at uh, Great Wall Moving Company who uh, 
I mean, put in an incredible amount of work. I like sometimes would, I, you, I would have helped, guy. Is I I didn't want I to, but it's the of right course. thing. I mean, I, I was there. I was ready. I if know, you, you were yes, ready, I knew you probably would not. Uh, that's you what you're banking on to do it. But I. No. But again, like I, we've moved together before. Uh, moving, it's a big job. It feels like there are just things. I don't know. We'll find out. Like once upon a time, you didn't hire movers. I think you just. You just called three friends. I'm like, yeah, we'll I'll help you move. And P- the world has moved past that. It's the the, the DoorDash, uh, the DoorDashification of Earth. You just, I'll just gonna pay somebody. I'm not gonna ask him to do that. Well, it's like when I was true, story, or is that just my feeling? Why I think the the thing that used to happen a lot was like friends would pick you up from the airport, like bro. Oh, I remember Chris Mo- Kelch moving taking, is sometimes you John. need someone's truck or something. It's it could, that's n- true, but not like I don't. I don't necessarily need the human, but hey, can I borrow that for myself? And the person would say, yeah, but like, you don't pick me up at the airport. Like, get your fucking Uber. Pick me up at the airport. I remember our neighbor, Chris Kelch, taking us to the airport for a family trip to Israel in like, I don't even know what year. Happened to my parents all the time. They had friends. At like like, 5 a.m. Oh, hey, Chris, do you mind taking us to the airport? Yeah, sure. No problem. Dan, what time do you guys leave? Oh, we're heading out at five. Great. I'll be there with the van. Now it's like I... I'd rather, you know, yeah, I'm, I can't I'm, ask somebody to do that. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. There are things that you pay for and you watch them happen or you, you know, it's like buying a meal where you're like, oh, that was expensive, but it was worth the money. There are things that you pay for where you're where you're handing the cash over. and You're like, that was that was worth it. And moving is, I think, one of those things. All Give right. The big tip. I think so. I, I hope yeah. so. You feed them dinner. I did not. I did not get them dinner. They didn't break. They didn't break for a bathroom break. Do you think uh, if it rating the what we do for a living relative to what they do for a living, what job's more difficult? <laughs> there are a couple times where they were working really hard. I realized I was doing this. They were like forcing a mattress up some stairs. Like, was it cold it, in the city yesterday or was it like a hot day? Uh, it was not hot. No, it was cool. Nice breeze, so, but they were so dripping sweat. So if you're in sweat. a full-on sweat yet when they were moving out of the city, that's, you know, they're working. They're working. And there were a couple times I noticed I was doing this to, like, try and, like, you know, let them know I understood they were working hard. This was after I snuck away for a uh, pepperoni uh, uh, salami sandwich. I came back and was like, oh, what are you, everything good here, guys? Um, you wait, you a couple, went somewhere to grab the sandwich? I just you made the sandwich. the corner. Went to, yeah, I just, I didn't do it in front of them. But uh, a couple times they were like working really hard, like, like working on this mattress. And uh, and and I standing off this, I would like kind of wipe my nose I'm like oh, whew, like that just to kind of appreciate how hard they're working. But they're probably like, what are you in about? Like you're just standing over there with your arms crossed watching us. It is a weird feeling as the person paying the person to do the service where you're kind of doing some work, but they're doing. So there's a lot of time of you just kind of watching them do their craft. Yeah. But you also just naturally as a human, you feel kind of lazy. Like, should I help? But you're like, well, I am paying them to do it. You know? So yeah. it's, it's that weird kind of Larry David Seinfeld, like yes. well, it's, it's their job, you know, <laughs> but you're also as just a guy that was raised to, you know, work hard. You're like, do your own work. Lazy as yeah. shit. Absolutely. Know? But it's also, I don't, I trust you guys, but I don't really know you. I don't want you chipping anything, but I got to keep an eye on you, but I don't want you to feel like I'm, Hovering too much, but it is my stuff. So I know it's a tough, tough predicament to be in. <laughs> As my dad told me when I was talking to him on the phone yesterday, he's like, you know what? Every mover understands. Every mover understands that one day all this shit that you're so concerned about them not damaging is going to end up in some landfill after you die and your kids don't want it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> or, or just like as you change like, oh. in life and you get rid of it and you get something new. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hell, you he might did be that. Alive when I have this stuff. He was sending me a message, maybe, which was, "Feel free to throw all my shit away." <laughs> That's how I my, took that. My mom's the opposite. She's a hoarder. She makes you keep everything. John, oh. do you promise me this crystal, this crystal ball will be in our family for generations. Oh my God, it's like, mom, this thing didn't look good in 1978. It doesn't look good in 2021. All right, should we dive in? Yeah, let's dive in. I put a table up so you can come over and have some Tito's whenever you want. Okay, I'm ready. Um, all right, let's let's begin with this, John. Steve Young, who definitely pays movers. Steve Young said this on KNBR about the Niners quarterback situation, Garoppolo and Trey Lance. The whole thing is fraught with terror, right? As we said before in the offseason, John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan could not have screamed any louder to any of us. They went all in in a year where they thought they'd have a shot to go from 12 to the top five for the generation that's going to be Kyle and John signature. They decided we don't want Jimmy to be our quarterback. And yet here we are. He's been very, he's, he is, we talked about, well, he's, he's, li- he's lived it. You know, when you, talk, it. when you talk to someone who's got a divorce and then you're going through a breakup, I'm sure it happens. Like when people are going, you know, a business is going under and, you know, it happens to the restaurant business all, all the time. So you talk to someone else in the restaurant business, like, I know exactly. It just invokes that emotion that probably goes away when he's just with his family and his kids. But immediately when he gets asked, and this is probably the number one question he gets asked, I'm sure by a country mile, it just, you and I, I think you read it. I listened just that moment, what he went through with Joe, like that was a powerful time in the guy's life, yeah. right? That four or five year stretch. And he sees it. Now, the Niners could only hope and pray that it's 50% of the outcome of what it happened with those guys, right? With Trey would be, if he's half the player Steve Young is, they're in pretty good shape. And clearly Jimmy's not Joe, but it is a, a bizarre situation, I'd say, right? Because the thing with the Bears... I watched a little bit of Nagy talk today. I just follow the Bears on Twitter, and I just saw his face, so I listened to a little bit. And he was being asked, like, you know, you were so, did you actively try to hide that you were going to play Justin Fields? And he's like, yeah, I mean, what was the point if we were going to use him? Like, we're not just going to be like, yeah, we're probably going to use him seven plays. Kyle, and that's how I think most coaches would be, right? He's like, what was I just going to tell Sean McVay? Get ready for him. Third play, second series. We got to run to the left. Kyle was pretty open with it, right? He was playing him a ton in camp, and rightfully so. I mean, it was sneaky open competition, but it really wasn't. And then he was just like, yeah, get ready. And then the last preseason game, that was nuts. So I, I don't think he kind of acted like, I don't really have anything to hide. Because I don't really Not care. like McVay was tricked, but yeah. Not like, I know, but I yeah, mean, no, Kyle was point. very, very upfront with his blueprint. And honestly, that is kind of a message to Jimmy. Like, listen, I, I don't value like... It doesn't matter to me. Well, you, you know what it is. Using you guys both little like widgets, right? Whoever's the better guy, I'm just going to roll with it. Well, but see, that's what Steve Young is saying. Is like at a certain point, it's not about who's the better guy. At a certain point, it's not even if Jimmy's better, they're going to make a switch. I think that's part of his point. It's like well, it's ine- it's every coach loves to say when you say to them, you know, uh, especially college coaches, it's like the spring. And you'll be like, uh, you know, Middlecoff. Uh, come, he was the starter last year. Is this his job? And it's like, well, you know, every job, the competition, every position. And we're like, yeah, yeah. Middlecoff was the starter last year. There's not competition in every position. What are you talking about? This is the opposite of that. There's not any competition at this position, right? Like, because because Steve played out the extreme, which was 
What if Garoppolo's great? What if they win the Super Bowl? What now in that extreme, as we've talked about before, I think Jed York said it a couple of months ago. In that extreme, okay, maybe, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo stays the starting quarterback, but maybe not. But it's not I, Steve's ultimate point here is this is not all these other things you hear about every other position all the time in all of sports, which is it's about competition. The best guy plays. Now, maybe Trey Lance is the best guy for some of the packages. Maybe Trey Lance is going to be better than Jimmy soon. Some people think he's maybe he's better now, but it's not. That's that part of the equation is taken out of this. There will come a point, even if Jimmy is better than Trey Lance, that Trey Lance plays over him. Yeah, and, I mean, and, and if and he's better than Trey Lance still at that point, then the Niners have a different problem. Right. I mean, they're likely to just rig it next year, just get rid of Jimmy and give it to Trey. I think the problem, and I think you hear a lot of players, non-quarterbacks say, it's just easy to pick a guy. Think of the team they're playing this year. Think of what that situation, and it was way different, right? Like once they made this trade, this guy's going to play, whether it's week one, whether it's week eight, whether it's week one, 2022. But it's it was 100% clear to everyone in the NFL, every fan in the league, every human being, what was going to be the outcome. But sometimes it's not, right? When you took Jalen Hurts second round over, and you had Carson Wentz, and think how weird that got immediately. It, it is just a conversation given the power of the position did it overtake, like, we'll get into the Niners' injuries. They got a game they're playing. It's just constantly the number, Ayuk, what the fuck's going on there? It's just the yeah. number one story, always. Because the quarterback, by far, is the most important guy. We talk about it with our gambling stuff. We're like, you know, it, it, you know, one of these weeks, a line is going to go from if a guy tests positive or he's, you know, contract tracing, it's like so-and-so is going to miss the game. A line could go from like minus seven to minus 14 before you even blink. And that would not happen with a receiver, with a tackle, with a corner. And those, that could be Trent Williams. That could be Jalen Ramsey. The line might move like half a point. But the moment it happens to like a top 15 quarterback, that line, that first it's going to get pulled off the board and then it's going to come back and the number is going to look completely different. And it, uh, Coward has been saying this since I've been listening to him. It's the only position that moves the needle in Vegas. And as a fan, we know now it's really the only position that it's not the only position that matters because you have to be good at other positions, but it is the number one position that dictates the success and failure of your team. And that so much is on that guy to like, it's hard for, I I feel for Jimmy in the sense of like, he's got to be the good guy, but he's got to be a good teammate to Trey, but he's got to be the leader of the team. And then you're going into Philly, like Jimmy's like, well, I can't just kind of half-ass it just knowing that like, I got to play well too, or I'll get benched or we'll lose. I mean, it's a, it, yeah, not just all get benched. They are looking for a reason in some ways. Yeah, but then who knows? Maybe he was bad. Then I'd have to stay ready because I might go back in. I, it's just it, it's a well, it's a it's an awkward situation. Nobody uh, when a receiver scores a touchdown, nobody they don't the camera doesn't immediately cut to the other receiver on the team. Like, let's see if he high fives him. <laughs> right. Let's see you know, if he I holds him. I, I thought that last Thursday. When Mike Evans had like one catch and all the other guys are going nuts and Antonio Brown and then Gronk, I was like, I wonder if Mike Evans, you know, he's got to go hug. Godwin caught a touchdown and he was there, but he said, I think like I got two catches. All these guys got like 15 and three touchdowns. Fuck. I want some love, but I will say, I think there's a difference. Like I think when they show Mike Evans, that's the director of the broadcast saying, look, Mike Evans hasn't even done anything and they're scoring. I think when they do it with quarterbacks, it's like, let's see, let's see, let's see. Is he going to smile when he? Because part of it's like you can't just high five. You got to smile. You can't just pat him on the shoulder. You got to like really look excited because a touchdown. Everyone's excited when you score a touchdown. 
I think there's a line. I notice that on the Mike Evans. Well, I mean, he was good, but I, I was thinking in the back of my head, like, is deep down he kind of mad? Like, bro. Well, I would love if if uh, if somebody else on the Cowboys runs in a touchdown this week and then they cut to Zeke. Well, the other guy might be faster. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? I Listen, I, you know, Jimmy was good, but it was the Lions. I, I do think he deserves credit for the – now he's being paid $25 million. So it's just – but the money's the money. As a human being, like it's not an enviable. I think part of what Steve Young's saying, like this shit's fucking hard, you know, and it, it it creates it can create a problem even for good team. I mean, he he was winning Super Bowls, but they were so great, and the league was way different. He had Walsh and a stacked team, but the way he describes it in that book is like, you're like God damn, there's a lot of pressure on these two guys, kind of going back yeah. and forth. But they were buddies, and they had spent time together. I guess the diff, like that relationship lasted a while, right? Just because they played on the same team for whatever five years. This relationship is basically the equivalent in the NFL of like a one-year fling, right? <laughs> this is not there. It's not like Jimmy and Trey are going to play together for five years. It, to me, it would be a huge upset if Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team next year, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's the good part about it is that he plays. Is that he just him his individual success? Is go, he's in a good spot to succeed. You and I talked about that a lot. And it's good for the Niners right? if he yeah. plays well. What's Washington good for him is good for the, What's good for the gander, John, is good for the goose, yeah. whatever that means. But it just it, it applies here. What's good for what's good for uh, Jimmy is good for the 49ers and vice versa. So uh, this is where, uh, look, winning is critical for winning. That's why winning matters because you you win. If you lose, you don't go to the playoffs. You lose money. You're not as interesting. If you win, you, you have a chance to win a championship. Blah, blah, blah. People get extended. Uh, you lose, people get fired. But this is also why winning is important because it's it, this is the kind of thing that when you're winning, it's less of a talking point. If you're losing, then the question starts to happen. Are you losing because of this? Is this actually getting in your way? Are you on? I heard you mentioned the Rusillo Trent Dilfer conversation the other day. One thing Dilfer said was he said uh, Jalen Hurts is a great, great football player and a good quarterback, but he's a great guy. And the longer Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback, the harder it will be for you to replace him because the more he can exert his moral authority over the locker room. I think it was, was I think he said yeah. it that way. And he said but he'd basically, known, like, he'd known him since he was like 16, right? He's known him for a long time. And, and basically, what he's saying is the longer he's your quarterback, the more of a leader he becomes and the harder, you know, the more ingrained in the fabric of your team he is. So you start losing games if you're the Niners. Now you start going like, well, the quarterback is supposed to be the leader of the whole thing. It, that's why when a quarterback is named a captain, nobody's like, oh, yeah, that means everything. It's like, yeah, the quarterback's – it's when a quarterback's not a captain that you kind of get your attention, especially a second-year guy like Tua. Um, and so that that's where winning – it becomes – what happens if they're winning enough to be in the playoff race but not winning enough that it's comfortable? And – and the question then becomes like, is this thing creating a distraction for them? Is, you know, it's, there's just a lot of extra noise that you don't want to have to deal with. And you don't deal with it really when you're winning. I also had the thought listening to Dilfer, like, you know, it's, there's perks to being a high school coach. He hosts a podcast. He has a weekly show with Rosillo where he talks about all the games that he obviously kind of watches on Sunday. It's like, he's got a lot of free time from being a high school coach. I love. He's like, I turn to my wife and I said, "The Chiefs are winning this one." She's like, "You always say crazy things," and I'm like, "Just watch." And then I get back to my huddle. Did we mention that the kid that he got in the screaming match was? I know someone had sent us that it was Phil Dawson's son. I, we did not mention it. No, no uh, I don't think we did. Is I don't he, think we yeah. did either. 
I, my question I was thinking about listening to that podcast was like, did he, him and Phil have a talk or is Phil like whatever? Well, he had said I'd heard him. I think he'd been on still like two or three weeks back. Or no, he was on with McAfee right after the incident. And he said that I, him and Phil, they must have played together a long time ago in like Cleveland. He's like, he's been one of my close friends for 20 years. Like, I think he's like, like me and you or, you know, I mean, I think he's really close with Phil. And I would imagine Bo is. So they're cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would guess Bo's a college prospect. Wouldn't shock me. Uh, John Christopher Rodriguez on YouTube says more starters dropping like flies for the flies for the 49ers WTF. I mean, are, why are we surprised? Really quick. That's a, that's, a, that's a saying that drop like flies. If you ever try to kill a fly, they're hard to drop. Yeah. That's why you just like lock them inside like and you just close all the doors and eventually they drop. I don't know. That's <laughs> okay. a good question. I wonder why. Is <laughs> there a, works. I've never seen a fly die. Well, on its I've own. seen them. Yeah, I've seen them get hit, but a lot of times when you're hitting them, you got to swing about 55 million times before you even get them. I want to see a fly just, you never see an engine blow out. Like, oh, we lost another one. (laughs) (laughs) I know. You never see that. Well, that's the opposite with the Niners. Like, they do stare at a fly. They do drop at rapid rates. I mean, they lost three three starters week one. That's, there's an element we've been talking over and over. You can change your trainers, you can train your doctors. It's still football. You're going to lose some guys. I think we talked about this on or off the air. I, it feels like we've never seen more, the cart come out. Like in week one, I swear to God, I saw the cart come out. A lot of, and you, yeah, you mentioned this, a lot of teams, right? Not 25 teams, 25 times. It happened, it came out three times in the Raider uh, Raven game. But three starters, week one, three starters. Like that's, it's one thing to lose a couple players, right? To ankle injuries or whatever. Two of them to ACL injuries and then, I mean, Greenlaw had surgery on an area that, like, I'm sorry. Which area? Growing. Oh. So if you if you break a hand or even, like, break a foot, at least it's very, it just is what it is. You broke it. To me, when you, the hamstring stuff, surgery in that area, shoulder stuff, like, I, I don't just, yeah, we'll come back, I'll be fine. He's a run and hit linebacker, right? He's not. He's not some big, burly, slow, just tackler where it's like he doesn't need to be moving fast. Like when I watched Dre Greenlaw, he had a pick six. In the, like he's a, to me, one of the things he hangs his hat on is athleticism. So now where does your athleticism come from? Your fucking legs, what connects your legs to your body? Like that thing. That's fucking Dr. Middlecoff right there. But do you agree? Like that's not, yeah. I think people are just casually like six to, you know, four to six or six to eight. Like, I don't know. That could when I was at Fresno State and guys would have the hernia or anything in that area, like you might just disappear for six months. Right. I, I would look at it. He's different than Raheem. Like Raheem has been hurt a lot. This guy has been pretty reliable for them for a couple of years. Very enjoyable, just solid member of a good defense. This is a pretty big injury. And clearly they acted like after the game, you know, it's just, we'll see. It went from a we'll see to like, yeah, he's got cut up on two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where and you mentioned this to me before we started recording. It's, this was or is a position of depth for them. So we'll see if it still is, right? Part of I, having Fred Warner or a Ray Lewis or a Bobby Wagner, like one guy in that unit, un- like unlike the defensive line, if you just have Khalil Mack and no one else or Nick Bosa and no one else, it's it's hard to just like, you can still make an impact, but you just need a little help. At mil- like If I put Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman with two random linebackers, they're still going to dominate. So to me, as long as 54 is in there, 
even if you know the now the domino effect of moving I can never say his name 51 to 57 spot and then the three Shire. yeah I mean they, they got some moving parts as long as Fred Warner's there I, I do think you feel like that guy can make 20 tackles a game yeah and he literally might have to now it's kind of, I mean he makes a lot of money to do that I, like I said last week uh this week after the Lions game it's just it's a little early to be talking about like how many snaps everybody was playing on defense because they played a lot of snaps on defense but what'd you say 85 yeah, eighty, eighty-three, eighty-five, something like that. That's and, a, and you know what? Isn't like, that a lot for college, let alone the it's NFL? A, it's a ton. I mean, eighty-five. A ton snaps. of plays. Now, uh, the one thing, Al Shire got hurt in that game and came back, and is actually pretty damn good. Like he's a really good do player. The, do you have the box score up? No, but I can get it. I was just wondering how many tackles Fred Warner had in that game. Like, I mean, do you remember Willis and Bowman, like, in their prime prime? Both of them would be like, one guy had 19, the other guy had 17. They account, so if there was 50 While, plays in the game, they accounted well, yeah. for 75% of the stops. Not to mention, you know, they remember the Patriots game? I mean, this happened a lot because they played special teams where they each played, like, one of them played 94 of 95 snaps and the other one played 95 of 95. I do. Something like that. I think that was I mean, the, wasn't that road game? That Wasn't that the rainy comeback game? Yeah, it was game? one in the, yeah, the weird weather. In New England. Um, stats on. I, I got it. Okay, what you got? Eleven no, for Fred Warner. Yeah, I mean leader, leading tackler. Yeah, but that eleven might have to turn into you know fourteen, fifteen because Al, Greenlaw, Al Shire, yeah, Greenlaw had six. Al I mean, Greenlaw did have a pick six in that game, right? I mean, He's made big play. That's you right. Like he on a defense that you go, okay, who are the playmakers? Off the you know you got. The playmakers, the first couple are pretty easy to find. Bosa, Fred Warner. Who are the rest of them? Well, watch when you're watching Sunday football, if you're listening to this, think of the most of the defensive playmakers on Sunday now. Like back in the day, I, I ran into Romanowski a couple of days ago at the gym. Now, he wasn't athletic. He even hypes up he was actually more made for now than he was even back then because he was a speed cover guy and he just got bigger as because that's what it demanded. But a lot of linebackers and just a lot of guys historically on defense, Gilbert Brent, you just had big guys. You didn't have to run as fast. Now the game is spread. It's running. Most playmakers on defense now are big-time athletes. Now, relative to the NFL, you know what I mean? Like more athletic than maybe they were 20 years ago just in terms of speed. Like when I watch Greenlaw, I just, is that guy a 4 or 5 guy? Because he just fucking flies around. So you just lose a speed demon. Like, I, I thought all three linebackers, obviously Fred's play speed's elite. That's part of back to the Bowman and Willis. They were elite players, but part of what made them so elite is it felt like when they ran, like there weren't many people on the field that were running faster, right? So it's like, I'm chasing you, and I'm going to catch you, or I'm I, we're both running to the corner because you're going to try to get around on an outside run, and I'm going to beat you there, and then I'm going to fucking destroy you. And I'm not saying Greenlaw is quite that, but... When the more and more speed you have on the field, like I, that's the Niners' one problem at corner, losing Verrett. Like Verrett can run, so now it's like you know Mosley's not a speed guy. If Norman has to play, he's not a speed guy. You know, you just start you know Drake Kirkpatrick, who they signed. Like the more and more of these guys, they're just kind of these bigger, longer. You just lose speed on your team. Yeah, and and that is unlike linebacker, not a position of depth. Corner, cornerback, yeah. That one still is more. I mean, that's that that one. Uh, I don't. Verrett gets hurt. I hate to say this, and I said this the other day, and I hate to say this too. Like, just I'm just holding my breath on Nick Bosa. 
it's one thing when a bunch of guys get hurt one year and a bunch of different guys get hurt the next year. Verrett didn't get hurt, ironically, last year, right? When guys who have injury history get hurt, I, I can't view that as just bad luck. It's bad luck for them, for Jason Verrett, and it sucks. But injury history is part of what you evaluate when you're drafting and when you're signing free agents. How much are you willing to invest in a guy? And I get why he believed in himself and did a one-year deal. And, you know, is Javon Kinlaw ever going to be healthy for extended periods of time? At this point, what would you bet? I'm not saying I know one way or the other, but at this point, I'd have to bet no. That's what I have to bet based off the information that we have right now. I text with someone who's relatively close to the team yesterday. He doesn't, you know, not like a scout or coach or anything. And just brought Joe up, and I think we've used this word before, and it's out there, but, you know, degenerate knee. Anytime you say that, like, you're just, it's just a ticking time bomb, or it just doesn't get any better. Like, that was part of the deal with Gurley. That was part of, like, this quote-unquote management. Now, unlike speed guys, it happens sometimes with running backs coming out of the draft. Remember uh, Jay Ajayi, the mm-hmm. dude from Boise State? He was going to go, like, top, like, 40 picks, right? He would have been, like, one of those first picks in the second round, but then he had a knee that was like, he's a one contract guy. He ended up going in the fourth round. Remember he had, he was a good player, but his career just kind of ended at like 27. His knees just went. Now I remember talking to guys in Philly, they traded for him and his knee was just kind of shot, but they would just manage him, get him the game. If that is truly the case with this guy, that's a disastrous pick. There's, there's no way around it. That's a disastrous decision. Disastrous. Disaster. Yeah. Disastrous. It's one thing especially if a guy now, fails, especially now missed. moving forward, where you're just like, when's the next well, time they're going to sniff picking a guy at 14? Well, they the other thing that picks. no, John, and the other thing that happens when a player is is sometimes available and sometimes not available is you don't move on. So you're constantly in this limbo of like, you know, 2022. If we can just get him fully healthy and then you know back to his old self, it's he's going to be plug in the middle. It's like again, we, we've had one week of this season, but. It, I've said, over, I've said over and over, I think the worst type players, I'd rather just have you play a lot and not be good. Like Solomon Thomas or Cleveland Farrell. Just like, you know, this guy's available every week for years. He's just not good enough. He's got to be a backup. We're going to eventually move on. Then like, you should you go out to practice. Look at Jalen Jalen Hurd standing next to these other guys. He is by far our best. Look at Kinlaw. Stan Kinlaw next to Bosa. You tell me who you'd take walking off the bus. Well, yeah. I mean, he looks incredible. You and I have been around the NFL, going to these practices, going to these games for a decade plus now. Seen everything from pro bowlers to scrubs. He looks like what it's supposed to look like. But when he's an injured guy like he is, clearly, and just someone that's going to battle this knee issue, I would rather just have him just not be good enough than what he's going to – he's going to hold them hostage a little bit. In fairness, they're hostage the moment they pick them. They can't really just throw – I mean, they're just in bed with them now for a minimum four years. But given the importance of the pick the moment they do this Trey Lance deal, that's – that one's – and then you just factor in the short-term ramifications. I was texting with Greg Papa. I'm like, one issue you have with the wide nine and these defense – and you and I talked about this, I think, last week or maybe right after the game. Like, yeah. even if you're going upfield, if you just have a Fletcher Cox body type – or a Kinlaw, even if his job is not like, hold the double team while all the other guys hunt. Even if he's getting upfield too, he's just, you know, taking up more space. The other guys, their rotation of the little guys, 
they all kind of look the same body types, right? Six one, six two, three bills, and fast, which is cool. But once they start playing, I was actually thinking about this the other day. They might just get a little lucky that most teams will see even Sean McVay. Definitely the uh, the Seattle teams in their division kind of want to throw it. Right. If this was like, I I don't think you could do what they were doing in 1998 because these teams would be like, we'll run it 45 times on you. But it's like Sean McVay's like. The problem is McVay I want to throw is, to Stafford. But McVay is happy to he run will, the He will. Too. But Pete, their best players are wide receivers and definitely Cliff, they're going to throw. Yeah. You think Chris Carson can run through some of those holes though? Yeah. I mean, they will. I mean, that he hired the McVay guys, but I just watching them against the Colts. Like I, and I don't blame them. It's like DK and Tyler, you know, Russell wants to throw bombs. Yeah. I was watching some of Pete's. It just got tweeted into my timeline, like a two minute clip. The let Russ cook thing. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I didn't mean to say that you guys are just going to was like legitimately go. mad that yep. he had said, you know, well, we'll he, just let Russ and Shane cook. He said that Russ was really cooking. And yeah. I, don't, I don't you think it was a little Freudian slip? Like, I don't think he meant it like let Russ cook. I just meant he like, no, Russ he did hot. not. We're just riding yep. him. Yep. Absolutely. You see, Pete uh, turned 70 yesterday. You know, I only knew that because I watched that game. I accidentally clicked the full version of that game instead of the 30 second version. And Kevin Harlan is like, uh, uh, no, not Kevin Harlan. Um, uh, uh, Burkhart. Kenny Albert, Kenny Albert yeah. is doing the coach intros. And he's like, Frank Wright. Fourth year, Pete Carroll turns seventy on Wednesday. Like I was, I was like, damn. Well, I saw Schrager or a Sando or a guy like that tweeted like, "This seems crazy when you say it out loud." And then you factor in Saban will turn seventy in October. Belichick turns seventy, I think, either early two thousand twenty-two, and same with Arians. You're like, Arians? Yeah, Arians is older than you think. Yes, he is. You, that Temple photo when he was coaching, like he was like 40 in 1983. So all the coaches are either 70 or 39. Then that's what's happening right now. Where, Where are, are the 59 year old coaches? But Saban ain't going anywhere, right? I know. Why, why would he? Especially when he lands Cooper Manning's kid and promises him like, I will retire till you're done. Arch. Isn't that the move for Saban? Arch. Yeah, I like that. That'd be great. It would only, I mean, how, why would you, if you bring him in and he's good, why would you walk away after that? After you've had like three years of just the Mannings at every game, Peyton on Monday Night Football with Al Michaels on ABC, and then also, you know, Sunday or Saturday nights at the Alabama game. What, what, guy, where, if, if Saban tells him that, I will not leave till you go. Because I would understand Arch, like, I'm not going to come here for one year, then you retire. But if you stay the whole time, I'll come to you because I know I'll be the number one. Where else would he go? Like, uh, to me, that is by far, and what I guess Lincoln Riley, but they're SEC family. But now Lincoln Riley's in the SEC by the time Arch gets there. Yeah. That, to me, would be the That's only true. thing even in the conversation. I guess Clemson, too, would have a... Jack Del Rio's USC might be back by then. That's true. I mean, he's already wearing the colors. He's already wearing the colors. Speaking of uh, those colors, um, in the uh, YouTube chat, where did this go? Dan asked... Uh, how about a, how about trading Jimmy Garoppolo to Washington football team for a big time starter due to all these injuries? Washington football team does have like nine first rounders on its defense. Doesn't it? I really think the, I think the move is you just, Jimmy has a good season. Maybe you make a wild card, maybe losing the wild card round, but then his value is you can just recoup. 
Okay, be, and when I say recoup, maybe it's down. like a second and a third. You know, I don't. I'm not oh, expecting okay. first. Okay. But if he just, what if he throws 30 touchdowns, 10 picks, and he's just good? You know, yep. he has yep. value. Like you don't think he'd he'd play for the football a- team? Absolutely. I I think it'd be a great spot for him. The football team. Yeah. Now, I mean, Fitz is now for the year. We'll see. We're recording this before t- uh, Taylor Heineke on Thursday night. Well, what about the other team they're playing? What, who, the Giants. Coach, they're going to need a quarterback. That, that coach is a Belichick guy. Yeah, he's going to need a quarterback if Daniel Jones fumbles twenty-eight more times this year. I think Jimmy is a one hundred percent lock start as long as he's healthy in two thousand twenty-two. Right? Yes. Lock. Yes. I. He's, that's clear, what, he's clearly already better than fifteen guys, right, or twelve. Well, so I watch college football every Saturday, just like you do, and just like a lot of people do. And you're like, "Where? You know, is it, I don't know about this quarterback." It's like, yeah, like. Six of these guys have a chance to be NFL stars. Well, that's not true because it's hard to actually know which six, but that number could be high. Uh, But it's not, there's not like 25 quarterbacks every year coming in the league. There's a couple. And the guys that are in the league are, half of them are interchangeable. Yeah. My take on just early college football, I don't know if it's like a great quarterback crop right now in the group. Like, it doesn't feel like there's a Sam Darnold, a Josh Allen, and a Baker Mayfield, and a Lamar. Like, I've just, again, no, I'm not, not Rick Spielman way. here or anything, but I've watched a decent amount the first two weeks. I, hot take, I'd be sh- I'd be shocked at the number one overall picks of quarterback from what I've seen. And even well, just the buzz coming into the K-Bot. season, there were there really that many quarterbacks that were viewed? No, as I think people were reaching. Like, oh, Sam Howell. Wait till you see him. Okay. I think Slovis. Just, could you? Slovis, yeah. Um. Uh, by the way, did you see the video of the guy yesterday uh, at the Giants game? The photo, I guess, that went viral? No. His photos got him. You know, you can get a message for somebody and put it on the video board. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did. I Max, did see that. Max's I divorce did. party. I didn't see that. Well, do you think the guy was at the game? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He was at the game with his buddies. And oh, they did that, the message. Oh, yeah. Like, that, oh, yeah you know. that, okay, that's... How much do you think that costs? I don't know. 100 bucks, maybe? Probably goes to the... I think a donation, you know? That's 50 bucks. Cool. I don't know. That's pretty, that's pretty funny. It's, but it's, I've always felt like you're at the game when that thing's up there and you're constantly like, no, 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 don't go to the bathroom yet. You, but you don't want to tell somebody their message is coming up. Yeah. John, let's tell the people about draft Kings draft Kings. We're right now. You can check as we're talking, we've got a game going up. It is uh, in the link or in the description of this video or this podcast, whichever way you're listening. And uh, you can join, join the Haberman and Middlecoff league is there a Ryder Cup one? Anyway, sign up with Code Ham. Millions of prizes, millions of dollars of prizes up for grabs at DraftKings. You don't have to be in our league. You can play in a smaller game. We've got a 200-person game, 10 bucks a person. And uh, we'll see if I can finish better than 194th this week. <laughs> Is that what you finished? Something like, yeah, 194th and 192nd. If you're watching this right now on YouTube, we have 185 at it. We have 15 spots left. Well, these games are filling up quick, guy. I mean, we're doing 200, as big as we can get. It's filling up. Download the DraftKings app. Use the promo code HAM when you sign up. A minimum $5 requirement once you sign up and then get in our game. We we always link it. We link it in the podcast. We link it in the YouTube. I can't recommend enough. I don't know how you guys that play year-long fantasy, it's got to be pretty boring once your best players get hurt. This Imagine just, if you had Dre Greenlaw. I know. No, sorry, this you I can know. just you can just you can just operate like Billy Bean. You're like, I'll take another guy. I I I'm I already kind of made a lineup completely different than last week. Probably won't work, but at least I feel good about my squad. I feel good about my squad guy most weeks going in on DraftKings. I might give you a few. We're going to go through every NFL game later. I might I might have a few little little recommendations. Okay. Okay. Little uh, you know, like 
We'll see. Uh, sign up, play DraftKings. When you get in our league, join the league because when you join the league, then you get the invite. Bam. Every time a new game gets created. You did, you did win like $750 once when Colin Mark Howard drove the green. Yeah, I mean, it's time, you know, it's, we can't live in the past. Although every time I enter a game, I am living in the past because I haven't ever taken money out of DraftKings and I've got $600 in there every game. I'd be nice to add some money, though. You yeah. know, here now, would, if there were fans, would Mark Howard dro- drove the green and Haberman have won all that money? I don't know, you know, but it happened. I don't, I, I don't know either, but when, I know this. When you go to Harding Park, it looks like a lot more difficult shot than it looks on TV because that thing moves left to right. It's not a straight shot at the green. No. Well, I, try, I actually, when I played it with Kawakami over... I don't even know when three or four months ago, I almost hit it into the water the other way. <laughs> it's it's I was like, I think I'm going to do yeah, this. I'm going to cut this. <laughs> so it's it really whether there were fans or not. It's one of the more remarkable shots ever. It really is. All right, John. Also, this podcast is brought to you by a phenomenal product. Wineaccess.com slash ham with a deal unheard of, unheard of in the podcast advertising streets right now. You get $50 over your first order of $150 or more. You get $50 off some of the best wines in the world at wineaccess.com. Well, guy, think about it. 33%. 33%. We've given good deals over the years. I think a lot of them are in the you know 15 to 20. This is 33%. You make an order of over $150, you get $50 off. You and I both had a delivery. We've had several deliveries. I can't recommend it enough. I've got them for several other people. Here's the thing. The wine, to make it on Wine Access, you got to be elite because only one of 18 wines they try ever make it. And then once you do, they give you a pairing sheet. So it's like, tonight, uh, I was thinking about making a steak for the game. I was like, you know, I look You're at gonna the You're going to go with my recommendation? What, what, what is it? The Two Angels Petite Syrah? Yeah, I'm going to open it tonight. That's the one. Because it yeah. tells you, like, okay, the Phoenix Cabernet. We, we got the Phoenix Cabernet, uh, we, the Phoenix Cab. Uh, and uh, that one was, you know, for maybe a little bit of a fancier dinner. But it said on it, for a steak, the Two Angels Petite Syrah. Go with that. Um, and that one, that's a $45 bottle. So, I oh. like, if you're going to go right now to wineaccess.com slash ham, there's a ton of good options. For me, as, as a wine novice, the first few times I went, it was a little overwhelming. I'm like, I don't know. How do I even filter this? What What do I want? And so there's a little direction. Now, if you know what you want, then you'll know what you're looking at. It's great stuff. But I would say start there. They got bottles, half, they got bottles, they got $20 bottles, they got $200 bottles. So uh, whatever it is you want, go get it. You can, you can also do some filtering of your own if you're looking for something specific, or you can just look around and and it'll give you some, um, some good pointers. If you kind of know what you, maybe, you know, a little bit, but something for everybody. And uh, I know this $50 off anything of 150 is something for everybody. Fantastic. Wineaccess.com slash ham. Go use it right now or tell your friends or tell your sister or tell your mom or tell your parents. Do it. Wineaccess.com slash ham. Uh, I rank, I ranked this week's 49er game against the Eagles. Somebody asked earlier, are we going to talk about Raiders Steelers? You're damn right we are. Uh, I, I ranked in my head the most important three things for the Niners this week against the Eagles. You tell me if you agree with this ranking. One win. Two don't get like, you know, any more injuries. Three, we need some answers on what's up with Brandon Ayuk. You pointed this out to me. I had not seen uh, this previously, the video that uh, Matt Barrows posted of uh, the 49ers when they're allowed 15 minutes. This is the uh, receiver drills. For those of you listening to it, it's just 
two receivers go, two receivers go. And then what happens next caught your eye. Then Brandon, I, you go solo odd number of receivers. John could just be as simple as that. Every practice we went to in training camp, when the hierarchy felt well-established, it was like, yeah, the Niners have two sweet wide receivers and this older guy named Sanu. And their two sweet wide receivers were Debo and Ayuk, as it should be, right? One guy was drafted in the second round. The other guy was traded up. They drafted in the first round. You're like, yeah, these are two of their better players on the team. And then all camp, you and I are talking like, God, how good can this guy be? He's just making play after play. Really more than Debo. Now, he's pops a little more, I would say, in a practice setting than Debo just because his speed. He's so fast. Uh, he's just so smooth. It's crazy because Debo translates immediately to games. But it's like all those practices, I don't feel like Debo really jumps out. Uh, which isn't who cares? Like the only you just want a guy to play well in the games, and so it's like all that stuff we saw in training camp. Now, I see a video like that. I go, I, I've been to enough practices where I saw him at the front of the line. I'm not trying well, specifically to that drill we've watched many times, and usually it was, it was eleven him and, and Debo together. We're yeah. the first two guys. I bet if you go to most places, like if I just went to Eagles practice, who do you think their first two guys are in that drill? I hope it's Devontae Smith and Jalen Rager. If I go to Titans practice. And Vrabel's not chewing out Julio. It's Julio and AJ. If we went to Seattle practice, who do you think it would be? It'd be Lockett and DK. Like, it's just a natural progression of what your top receivers do. They're at the front of the line. That, to me, is a little glaring. I don't think, I don't think it's really disputable. That's not nothing. I don't know if it's, if it's much, but it's not nothing. And clearly, there's enough going on where it's like, I, I just think you have to question that whatever situation they're in, it's it's not a it's not a good situation, and it's something that I understand. I'm all for you know coaches being hard on young players and just establishing the culture like this is our standard. And I think the Niners have been lucky; they've had guys who are just eat, breathe, and sleep football. I'd say they're true. Yeah, I'd say three best players beside like Trent, who they acquired in a trade. Fred Warner, George Kittle, and Nick Bosa. And Nick Bosa, when he's not being held back because he's coming back from an injury, you go to practice, like he just all over the place. George Kittle, since I've been around football, including Fresno State, to up to this day, is one of the hardest practicers I've ever seen. You know, all your practices. Have you ever seen a guy just like practice as hard as Kittle does? Just dive in, I mean, against third string. He doesn't care. Like it's whatever the drill, you're just like, God damn. Same with Fred. Like you just, Fred's presence reminds me of Bowman and Willis, Khalil when he was with the Raiders. And I, I just do wonder, like, that's their standard. And that was just like, these are our best players. It's like, we think you're a, a you know, a talented player. We drafted in the first round, but for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like they believe that he is equaling that. Right. I, I can't show you this video. Sorry, I wasn't looking at you during that. It wasn't I wasn't ignoring you. I was looking for video because the receivers always would warm up right by us when we go to practice. And um, so I don't have enough. <laughs> I don't have enough disk space to export this video to my computer and show it to you right now without doing some maneuvering. Should so I'll just hold it up to the screen. So you can't really tell. No, but it's how you can. I can see it's it. how you can. That's how you can Debo going first. So the together. same the same drill at a practice we went to a month ago is was completely what happened is it just as simple as he hasn't been as locked in is it as you know could we take him at face value he's been injured like i i don't know man well imagine for a second that this wasn't imagine for a second that this situation was happening in seattle and you just happened to be kind of following it 
and it was with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And DK Metcalf played and had a great game week one. And Tyler Lockett had had like a hamstring and he'd missed some practice, but he did play in the game. He had one punt return and then that was it. And you didn't really follow the situation, right? So you said, well, what's up? Did he get hurt on the punt return? Did he react? Did he re-aggravate an injury? And you and someone said, no, it wasn't that. You'd go, well, what the hell's going on then? If there was some hint of discipline, disciplinary action on Tyler Lockett, from the outside, if you weren't really following the situation, you go, something's up with Seattle. That's really weird. Like, that's one of their best players. I know playing them at DK is great, but the combination of the two of them is bizarre. Yeah, I mean, not bizarre. Is 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 uh, dynamic, scary, dynamic, whatever. Uh, B word if you want. But uh, you just think it was kind of weird. If you weren't following it at all, you'd be like, that's kind of weird. Like, what? Something's up. And we follow this closely. And it's clear. So, this is part of what I'm saying is this week is about moving on from this they they don't have time after what we saw week one and after already some injuries they don't have time for one of their best players to be unavailable but but just in a weird space i don't i i just you, you need that you need that fixed as soon as possible Listen, Kyle knows these guys better than we do, better than any fan does, right? He's been around them. He loved Brandon Ayuk, right? The two receivers, it was pretty clear once they both came around. It was like, that's what he wanted. Like, that was his guy. That's who he liked. Remember, we talked about it when he was drafted and the information came out. It was like, CD might have been number one, but I think Brandon Ayuk was a lot higher to like two or three than he was seven or eight on the list of that great wide receiver draft, remember? Mm -hmm. And Kyle loved him. And John Lynch said that Herm, they were so locked in on that guy. So listen, they have a good feel for his personality. In my experience, and I think anyone's experience following skill guys, they can be a little bit more sensitive than other positions, right? You can, like McGlinchey, when he's arguing with Twitter, ultimately, if he's sensitive on Twitter or whatever, he's getting yelled at <laughs> nonstop by the O-line coach. That's just the nature of the position. It's... It's contentious. It's the same with like, Kinlaw. Like, they're getting in his shit. Because that's the nature of the trenches, right? you just like, part of the deal, dog. Just yep. putting a chew and sit there in the meeting and take it. Yeah, take emotional it motivation is part of that position. Where receiver, you know, it's kind of hit or miss. And you see more, that. It's, like, more, you're, it's artists. But when I see that, I see a guy like kind of down in the dumps. Because I think he went back there. I don't think Welker's like, you're at the back, dog. Like, Well, either no, way, it's trouble. Coach yeah, Timo on... Uh, on YouTube says, I think Kyle is right. Sure, Phil has been balling. You got to play the dude. We're not running as many three receiver sets yet. I'm sure we'll see more of Ayuk, but you got to tip your hat to Sherfield. I do. We do tip our hat to Sherfield. We watched him in practice. He looked fantastic. He got a touchdown in the game. I mean, he's guy would be the greatest hundred thousand dollar signing in the history of hundred thousand dollar signings. I mean, <laughs> but he like... deserves all the credit. But you, you, you. I know this. I know you need Brandon Ayuk. And here's the other thing, like the situation you just described, CD Lamb. Uh, so part of they, the, they could have had part of the DeForest Buckner thing is like, you gave up Buckner, but you know, you get Kinlaw and, and Ayuk out of it. And so maybe too, well, you, could you have kept Buckner and just drafted CD lamb then? Cause you could have drafted CD lamb. You passed on C when they drafted well, Kinlaw, they passed on CD lamb. No. Cause the way they got the pick was get rid of Buckner for the pick. Right. The, only the way, way they, they got that pick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you're right. That's true. Could you have moved up somehow? Okay, you're right. You what, did pass what I, on, but what, you what, did pass on CD Lamb. But Could okay, you have gone CD Lamb and then taken a defensive lineman? 
Yeah. We're just taking another player at some other position. 100. You could have. I mean, that's, we know that. But I'm not giving up in Brandon Ayuk's talent. Now, no, I, no, no. Get a, I get a little nervous with these things that happen. And sometimes they happen. I'd say they happen pretty consistently around the league with young wide receivers. We saw it with rugs last year. Something was just off. I, sometimes just things go off. And I and sometimes coaches... Human beings. And I, don't, and I don't blame them. They just get locked in on the season. Like, I don't have time to hold... Like, I, I do think if you're going to hold anyone's hand, it's going to be a guy you draft in the first round of wide receiver that has proven like he's a pretty good player. I, I get not like Dante Pettis. Like, I don't even think this guy can play. No problem. Move on. But this is not one of those situations. Kinlaw might turn out to be like, yeah, we can't even depend on him. I don't think Ayuk is necessarily that. No, I don't think so either. I just want to see if I'm them, that thing put to bed, bigger fish to fry, because have you checked the schedule for the upcoming weeks? The Packers are going to look like a different team when when you see them in a week because they're going to they're about to blow the doors off the line. Short, short week, though, Monday night. I'm what saying the mean? Niners are going to get them off a short week, but yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying after, the, they, after the, they win 50 to 7. That game is going to feel big. They're going to destroy the Lions, don't you think? Yes, that could have been our lock of the week. I don't know what, but the line is, was it 12 and a half, 14? It was was big. Lion sneaky could come back. Then, don't give up. Off memory here, is it, is it uh, Rams, Seahawks or Seahawks, Rams after, or Cardinals, sorry. It's, 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 it's Packers, Seattle, Arizona. Arizona, yeah. Indy, Arizona. So it's, it just gets really, I mean, a lot of really just good teams. And who knows? We've been talking about it. We're going to see it because I've even texted with some people, not even in the Eagles organization to just cover. I, I still think they think it's kind of a wait and see approach. Like the Eagles might be better than you thought, but they might be seven and 10, not a four win team, right? And be like a year away from competing for the playoffs. We'll find out. Or the Eagles are just, they're going to compete for the NFC East. If, if, if I told you right now, we'll look back on the season and be like the Eagles and, and the Cowboys came down to the wire for the NFC East. You go, well, this game's probably going to be really hard. Yeah. And it might Let's be talk just about, in general. I do think you, you and I talked a lot about the Eagles the other day on the last podcast. We don't need to do it as you know, a, a big dive into them. But this is a little bit of a litmus test, given we talked about the schedule against Jalen Hurts for D'Amico Ryan's defense. He, this is a light version of playing a quarterback who can do some of the things. Right. This isn't playing Kyler. This isn't playing Russell Wilson, but it is a litmus test for how this defense historically has not been great. It's it's a challenge for every defense when a quarterback can stress you with his legs. But how do they look against Jalen Hurts? Do they look a way that makes us go, God, if that's how they looked against Hurts, how they're looking against Russell Wilson or Kyler in a couple of weeks? Again, different guys. These are all different guys. Because Jalen Hurts looked good against the Falcons. Now the Falcons are bad. But he looked good. So do we come out of the Niner game going, Jalen Hurts looked good again? Or, all right, rookie, uh, not a rookie quarterback, second-year quarterback, Niners defense, they kind of show that they're for real. Because that's there's one of the two is what's going to happen out of this game. Is the Niners defense for real, or is Jalen Hurts good? going to look Think good? Think about Jalen Hurts' storyline for like three years. It went from like this guy, this they got this young Hawaiian kid. I don't know if he's going to be able to hold him off. Tua takes him. Jalen's transferring, goes to Oklahoma. John, not you just know. takes him, replaces him at halftime of the national championship game and leads a comeback. Yeah, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Now he was throwing to this guy named Judy and this other guy named Calvin Ridley and Devontae and Ruggs were probably on the bench. But, you know, he did it. 
Then the guy transfers like, well, who you know, caught Lincoln, the, who caught the touchdown on the, who caught the touchdown? Wasn't, was I, thought it Devontae? Ridley, I thought, I thought Ridley caught it. If I remember correctly, I thought there the was one, a freshman caught a touchdown in that game. It might've been Devonte or Waddle or one of those guys. Maybe it was I mean, Waddle. It was, it was all of them and Ridley. So it was a pretty good group. And then he goes to Oklahoma and people are like, you know, Lincoln, you can't get a better quarterback than this. And then he's awesome in Oklahoma. Then the Eagles draft him back. Everyone said, including myself, a second round pick on this kid. Then last year, it's like, what are you doing? Carson Wentz is the guy. Then by midseason, like, let's just give this guy a try. Then he gets a try. He's like, oh, he's okay, but is he really going to be the guy? Then offseason, it's like, is he really the guy? Should they go get Deshaun Watson? Then Deshaun Watson gets taken out by like 8 million massage therapists. So that doesn't happen. Then Jalen gets a shot. And after week one, everyone, including me and you and everyone else, like, God, this guy's not bad. Every single time, it's just like he answers the bell. I'm expecting I've stopped counting him out. Me too. I don't know that I will see what happens. I'm not saying I've changed my opinion completely, but I did not think we'd get here. It's clear after watching and we're here. And part of it is he's got weapons. He's got his football story. His football story is insane. The last like three years. Yeah. It's not. Remember it was like getting more. Did you mention this? Like goes to Oklahoma, becomes a team leader in like six days and lifts a bunch of weight. But then even at Oklahoma, like people, he was putting up these crazy numbers. They were kicking ass. I don't feel like people thought he was actually that good. They're like, oh, Lincoln, guy's just a genius, makes every quarterback, totally. even like scrubs like this guy. And then when Howie well, drafts in the second round, they're like, what is Howie doing? The uh, the other part of that pick was like, well, the only reason it makes sense is because Jeffrey Lurie forced it on the team. Like, he made them draft him in the second round, you know, which is never a good reflection. It's like, oh, Jimmy Haslam really wanted Johnny Manziel, right? Oh, Jerry Jones, really like it was viewed as a pick that was only made because somebody who wasn't as in, in deep with the a non GM. I'm not maybe Howie Roseman loved him too. I don't know. But remember, that was part of the like story it was like, ah, is this the guy that the owner loved? It's just bizarre. And now, you know, the Niners are going in, he could beat them. And it doesn't even feel that crazy. Like, I'm expecting this guy to be good. I'm expecting the Niners have to play well to win. I, I'm expecting them to struggle a little bit against him on defense. I agree. <laughs> I just, who's covering Devontae Smith? God, that guy's smooth for a skinny guy. He looks so, he doesn't look as a, as an SEC, as an field. SEC scout. Cause I was, you know, hesitant on him. I just go, how often do guys 166 pounds come in the NFL? And he's like, bro, you're looking at it wrong. This guy's been, this guy was 166 pounds when Nick Saban couldn't wait to give him a scholarship. This guy was 166 pounds when he immediately starts playing over all these other guys. This guy was 166 pounds when he made the SEC his bitch. Like this guy, this guy, this he's a player. You know, he plays football. Sometimes you nitpick something that ultimately like, yeah, if if it was 1997 and John Lynch could take him out, he could really injure him. It's not allowed anymore though. So like this guy is a incredible football player. A little bit like you, the way you described or the way that you said that Trent Dilfer is a great way to describe it. Like Jalen Hurts is a great football player. He's learning to play quarterback, but he's a fantastic football player on the field. He never views any other human on the field as a better football player than him. Devontae Smith, same thing. Like that guy was born to play football. Now he has a, I would say a red flag as a weight, but ultimately that weight, like what does that, it's probably never meant less today. That It would have meant way more to me if like, John Lynch was roaming or Steve Atwater or Dante Whitner hell a decade ago. It's yeah. like, who's really fucking? But even then, I mean, it, even then I still think, 
because this is where you can get caught up in, like you said, is he, we're trying to draft football players. So why don't we watch them play football and make that the number one determining factor of how good of football players they will be, which he like, was draft. He was drafted 10th. So it's not, or 11th, you know, so it's, it's easier like- to do that though. When a guy plays in Alabama, right? It's a little harder when a guy plays at Louis- Louisiana Lafayette and go like, all I know is when I watch him play football, he balls. It's like, sometimes that's a part of the puzzle. It's a little harder when the competition, when the competition was the competition that he had and he was wide open all the time. What does he go in the first round if he does, if he was like an elite player, the same elite player, but at Fresno State or Lafayette? Probably not, right? Probably not. I mean, he won the Heisman. Yeah. Now, Lamar won the Heisman and went 32nd. Still different. You can quarterback, but still kind of crazy looking back. It is. But anyway, I... This this to me is going to tell me a lot about what I think about them in their division because I know in their division two of the three quarterbacks are really hard to you just you got to you got to worry about a lot of stuff with them. You expect all three teams to win this weekend because it does feel like one of the two Seattle or Rams feels like they're just going to lo- like. It's let's just hold that for our let's hold that for okay. our game schedule. That's a very good question because there are some really good games in the um, NFC West this 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 week. Uh, we got asked the question earlier about Raiders and Steelers. Are we going to talk about it? You're damn right we're talking about it. You're damn right we're talking about it. I mean, it's one thing, an opener. Week ones are always kind of weird. Ravens, ton of injuries, Monday Night Football, a lot of juice. If the Raiders can pull it off again, because I think you watched them and went, they're still not, you know, they're far from perfect on defense, right? And now they've got, they, like you mentioned earlier, the cart's coming out a lot. They've got injuries too to deal with multiple injuries to deal with. But if they can beat the Steelers who beat the bills last week, looking at all the teams, they potentially go two and O. I think the only other team, if they went two and O that would have an argument for a better two and O start would be the dolphins. Just given that they beat the Patriots in new England and then beat the bills who were the reigning AFC champs. Like they started two and O they took out two teams in their division who I think both teams the Bills are viewed as a lock and the Patriots are viewed as like a bounce back team. Like that's doesn't you can't feel much better if you're that franchise. If the Raiders start the season beating the Ravens and beating the Steelers, two teams that combined for like Steelers, what they went 12 or 13 games last year. The Ravens won 11. I mean, that's a lot of wins between the two of them. And they're both viewed as playoff teams. And you beat them both, especially beating Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh off a short week. Now they did get pretty beat up. Turns out Mariota hurt his quad on the run. Like he's I mean, out. I don't you know, they lost their starting guard in Dockway's out, you know, with a with a hamstring incognito. It'd be like, OK, we lost a guard, but incognito comes back. We can kind of, you know, mix and match. Incognito looks like still going to be out. I know he didn't practice as of recording this yesterday. I don't know if he practiced today. So it's like they'd be doing this without, you know, some pretty impactful players. Pittsburgh's defense to me. I don't know, you know, Pittsburgh's defense. Are they going to be the best defense in the league? It's hard to, you know, the Bills, it was just a weird game. Maybe they are. If Derek can go on the road and beat an elite, we just know they're going to be one of the better defenses. And Leatherwood, TJ Watt, like that's going to be a tough matchup. It'd be an incredible performance by the offense, whether it was like we slowed the game down, we ran the ball with Jacobs, who was also banged up. (laughs) I mean, the the Raiders are pretty banged up right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's the kind of game they can. Maybe P- Pittsburgh, Ben, how explosive are they really going to be on offense anyway? Najee 
you know, I, I would imagine they'll try to get him going because they did not have a he did not have a great game against Buffalo. Didn't really need him. Didn't need him. Um, but I, I think if if the Raiders are two and zero, given what you said, like where would they be? Not that this is, I mean, I'm what I'm about to say, it's not like we talk about it every week, but if I said put together your NFL power rankings, because beating the Steelers on the road to me falls in a category of a game where, and you could argue this about the Ravens too, it doesn't really matter all that much how it looks, right? Like if you beat them on the road and you've beaten now the Ravens and the Steelers playoff team, like playoff franchises, now whether or not Pittsburgh's a playoff team this year, we'll see. I wouldn't, you know, be shocked if they had a year like last year and maybe the Ravens are going to have a season from hell. Who knows? Very early. But if you, I mean, where would they'd be? They'd have to be a top or they'd be power ranking wise. If you had to six, put power six, rankings together. Teams, yeah. I mean, they'd be up there. Part of that obviously depends on what other teams do. I mean, it's going to be hard for just Tampa I mean, part of it City. would be like if, if the Steelers or the Packers bounce back, you'd just be like, well, the Packers big picture better. You know, you could argue it, but my you point could is argue like, it, but we'd be talking, you start two and oh with those two wins. Like this is one of those. Well, now it's you're setting yourself up again to have a good start. Are you starting eight and three? And, you know, it's like, are you going to crumble down the stretch? Because that's what's happened the last two years where they have been in the position to get a wild card, like after Halloween, like in November. And then all of a sudden, by the time we get to mid-December, we're like, oh, they're, they're not looking good. You know, it's, their problem really hasn't been starting. They've started pretty well the last couple of years under Gruden. It's can they sustain it? Because, but if you if you go two and zero with those two wins, you'd be in pretty good shape. The problem, a little bit like the NFC West, I do think the AFC West is just those games are just hard. You know, you could play well and go three and three in the division, right? And then just one thing is going to be fascinating at the end of the year. I was thinking about this: if you were just having a conversation with someone, do you think the extra game makes it harder or easier to get in the playoff? You'd be like, well, you got a little margin for error, right? You got another game. I actually think it's gotten harder because if you're a 10 and six team, right? That means you're probably pretty good. Well, if I just gave you an extra game, more than likely you're going to be an 11 and six team, right? It's the teams that actually like, like the bears last year, they were eight and eight or sometimes nine and seven teams. You're like, I don't think that team's that good. Well, more than likely they would lose that game and be nine and eight, right? Or they would lose that game and be eight and nine if they were eight and eight. Or I think the teams that have a little more talent, I actually think you're probably more likely you need that extra win. So that swing game, you know, instead of being a 10, it turns into 11. Last year, it took 11 to get in the AFC playoffs. It seems probably inconceivable that it would take 12 to get in, but like even 11 is hard to get to, right? There's a big difference now between, or there will be between 10 and 7 and what would it be, 11 and 6? Like 11 and 6 mm-hmm. would feel like a really good record. Yeah. Where 10 and 7... There'll probably be some teams that maybe miss the playoffs at 10 and 7. You're like, yeah, it feels right. They, I don't think they were a playoff team. But maybe maybe they started fast and like got off to like a 3-0 and start, so had a little buffer. Well, but what happens, you your agree buffer with that? disappears. You think that extra game makes it easier or more difficult? I just thought about this on Edibles a couple nights ago. That's a good question because I, I think like in theory, the more games you play, the 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 bad teams should fall further back and create more separation for the medium to medium plus teams. The Mahomes um, teams, the Brady Belichick's teams, the more games you give them, yeah, the more likely I they're going to win. Isn't it just similar to saying what's harder? Where, where is it harder to get an upset in a three game baseball series or a seven game series? Yeah. The more games you play, the more sample size you get, the more the good teams should be better. 
The Kembe Matumbo yeah. holding up the ball. The Kembe Matumbo, exactly. You know, but to your to what you just said about the buffer, the buffer can go away really quick. We we the one we always reference is the Niners Super Bowl year. They were nine and zero, right? And and they didn't. It's not like they just started losing games. They just stopped winning all of them, and their buffer almost disappeared completely. And for the Raiders, it's like you know you go okay if you had started the season and looked at the schedule. You wouldn't say, oh, you, you got to win at the Steelers. And they don't have to win at the Steelers. It's a 17-week season. You don't have to win necessarily. But Miami comes in next. We'll see what Miami does against Buffalo. I don't expect them to win. I honestly don't think they should have beat the Patriots. But what if they did? What if they're 2-0 coming in? Then you look at that game a little bit differently. But, he, and but then even you play win or lose with Miami, we just know they are a tough team to play, right? They play good defense. They're physical. Like they're a For sure. Opponent. I'm just saying if you if you lose to Pittsburgh, now you're going to play a difficult game the next week. You'll probably be favored depending on how it looks and what they've done against Buffalo. But you lose that game, now you're one and two, and you're playing the Chargers the next week. Yeah. So that's the beauty of this. Is you can just most this is in college football. Most of the games are really are losable games. Where's that Charger game? Uh, on the not in San Diego, not in Carson, but in LA. So the Raiders will claim it's a home game for them. Which well, I mean, it, it'd probably be a lot of you know silver and black, right? Yeah. So, all right, John. Before we go any further, let's tell the people about RexMD.com slash ham. RexMD.com slash ham. RexMD.com slash ham has FDA approved generic Viagra starting at just $2 per tablet and delivered discreetly to your door. That's the key. Listen, this is something that can be uncomfortable to talk about. We're all men and we see the demos. You're all men listening. We have issues. And you know, we, we, we sometimes are quiet about our issues. Well, that's where RexMD comes in. They don't have to tell anyone. Guy got some pills. I got some pills. We didn't ask for them. They sent them to us. But, you know, I don't, we use them. I don't know. I mean, we just, you just keep on chugging, keep it to yourself. They send it discreetly to your address. Generic Viagra. It's hard to beat and it's cheap. That's where RexMD, they've helped hundreds of thousands of men. There's no copay. We all know that. You're like, I have insurance. You're like, well, you got to pay $150. You're like, what am I paying insurance for? No such thing. Uh, no doctor office visits. And your shipping is always free. If you're looking for generic Viagra, RexMD has made the process fast, easy, and most importantly, affordable. So don't wait another minute. RexMD is now offering starter packs of generic Viagra for new customers. Just visit RexMD.com slash ham right now to get started. That's R-E-X, RexMD.com slash ham. Go get it. Podcast is also brought to you by Upstart.com. Slash ham. Find out how you can lower monthly payment or monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash ham. We've all been there, guy. Had credit card debt. You and I once uh, you know, started a podcast from scratch without much scratch, literally none. We had lost our radio jobs and we just had to make it happen. And you can just... Well, luckily, we were getting paid for a few more months. Yeah, that helped, you know. I, I see you, Doug Peterson. A little less money, but, you know, we've been there. Uh, and you just, you can use credit cards to survive. It, it's happened to all of us, and it'll happen to even more people in the history of time. That's where credit cards can help you. But then they can also hurt you when you they create anxiety because you look and you go, how am I going to pay off this high-interest credit card debt? Well, I got a friends at Upstart. And they know you're just more than a credit score. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income, your current employment, 
find out you know what you will qualify for. With five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate for loans between $1,000 and get this, up to $50,000. So right now, if you're listening at, looking at $40,000 in credit card debt and you're like, I have no clue how to pay this off, go to our friends at upstart.com slash ham. Upstart.com slash ham. Don't forget to use that URL. Let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, your income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. A five-minute online rate rate check to show upfront rates for loans. Go to upstart.com slash ham. That's upstart.com slash ham. Before we get into the NFL slate, Mm -hmm. I do feel pretty good about the Fresno State Bulldogs at plus 11 and a half. Oh, Saturday night. Pac-12 Network. You were right. Pac-12 Network. Um, I I, I like Fresno State in that game, keeping it close. Now, you're right. They're coming off a bye, but... UCLA is coming off a bye. Fresno kind of is too. They play Cal Poly. It's funny. I think Fresno State's kind of a public team this week because they looked so good two weeks ago against Oregon and then Oregon looked really good against Ohio State. But I think, I just think they're solid. I do too. They are. So to me, there's a difference between being a public team and just like, you know, maybe they are just, they're better than we think. And there might not be enough. I don't have the volume. There might not be enough uh, betting on the 49ers. Any, I mean, the, the the Bulldogs anyway to make them a quote-unquote public team because they are solid. I, I, I just, I don't think an upset, it, it'd be crazy, but I don't think it's as crazy as people would think. I'm keeping my eye on this. Well, I think the thing about UCLA is they look pretty real against LSU, but we also have not seen this UCLA team with any expectations ever. At least not I, external ones. Now they chip with we had high expectations internally, but it's only been two weeks, and we and I crowned their ass. And I'm not diminishing anything from that win because we saw it. LSU has a ton of first round talent, and they kicked their ass. But LSU might not be a well coached team. They were up 17 to nothing to make me stay in the third quarter. Well, I don't think that. I I think it's absolutely possible. And you, I said this last year that their coach could that uh, Eddie O could lose his job after the season. I heard someone rattle off the schedule coming up. I don't think it's a lock they make a bowl game. I mean, it. I, I think there's a decent chance he he is unemployed. See, LSU is open. Can you imagine LSU and USC being open in the same offseason? You talk about like Lombardi's. We'll talk about all these NFL teams. Like There would be some coaches of the NFL as a coordinator, especially a coordinator who's worked in college. I guess when you just hire Joe Brady if you're LSU, wouldn't he be in the mix? Yeah, unless Joe thinks he can become an like, has it gone well? Does he think he can become an NFL head coach? You imagine be the head coach at LSU. Well, would you would you rather be an NFL head coach or LSU's head coach? Well, it's like, would you rather be the head coach the of the Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins, or be the head coach at LSU where you get to run the program? You know, right. you start thinking yeah, about some of the jobs that might come open. Like, would you rather be the head coach at football team? No, Eagles. No, I don't even know what job. You know. Arizona, yeah. I mean, fuck Scottsdale's not. But he, you know, if he's an East Coast guy, you know, to him, he's been at LSU. He knows how sweet that place is. Wait, you're going to pay me $8 million to be the head coach at LSU? Like, it is. If you've, one thing I think about college, if you've experienced a little bit, and it is, it can be intriguing at the highest level. Yeah. I don't know and how he's many experienced it. Lions aren't going to come open. The Jags, good at any moment. Like that, it, it, let's just say hypothetically. Urban quits. He, uh, oh yeah, we're playing the Broncos. Let's say he gets his ass kicked this weekend. 
and just season, they, they win two games all season. And let's just say the craziest thing happens, he quits, becomes the USC head coach. But the season went terribly for the Jags. Trevor's numbers look awful, and it just clearly didn't go well. Is that job not even close to as appealing as it was the day Urban took it, right? Or do you think people just, like, one year, team was so shitty, Trevor Lawrence is a I bet Trevor, I bet we're going to come out of this year, whatever the numbers are, and go, yeah, there's something there with Trevor Lawrence. So if I'm Joe Brady, let's say the Panthers compete for a wild card, and they win like 10 games. But they don't make it, but they have an unreal season, Sam's good, and Joe Brady's back in the mix now. LSU fires Ed, LSU wants him, the Jags, and uh, Trevor Lawrence now have an opening because Urban bounced. If you were Joe Brady's buddy, you'd be like, what job would you recommend? Yeah, I would I would say to him, guys turn down college head coaches with leverage, like Lincoln Riley or Ryan Day, guys that get offered NFL jobs, who can say no because they know another offer's coming, David Shaw. One of their number one pieces of criteria has to be what is the quarterback situation? What did Kyle Shanahan say? He did take the Niner job, but remember, he said, you know, I get why other guys take jobs. I felt like I was going to get a job. The quarterback situation was really important to me. He claimed he would never take a job without a quarterback. Remember? He might, did he, he say said. top five quarterback? I think he said top five. <laughs> then he took a job. So, you know, whatever. But With Zero quarterbacks on the roster. But I would say to him, look, man, I, I, there is no promise that if you take one, you'll eventually one day be able to take the other. Yeah, go to LSU, the NFL will wait. Or yeah, take the NFL job, you could always go to LSU from there. There's no guarantee that's the case. You lose a bunch of games, you're not hot anymore, and now you're now you're an analyst for Saban. But, and then you get a head coach. That's when you get the job is after that. But, so you're like, if, that, if that's your, you know, you're seven years away from getting back. Coaches search their whole lives for franchise quarterbacks. Their whole lives. Most guys, 99% of coaches take jobs that they, with a quarterback that they don't, they would swap them out in a heartbeat if they could. Yeah. And so if, if this year plays out and Trevor Lawrence looks like he's a franchise quarterback that almost everyone thinks he is, then I think that's the job you take. But, it, but, but a season in the pros for the one year is bad. Yeah. It's just but I mean. numerically bad or like we yeah, look at it. It just looks like it just looked, it was awful. Just bad. He just looked it's, bad. It's a, to me, it's as simple as did we look at it and think he's still a franchise quarterback or not? If the answer is no, then no. But if the answer is yes, then yes. That's because I do advice. think that is a fair Trevor Lawrence and the Jags open USC LSU. If you were ranking the jobs, people like Mike Lombardi would probably have the Jags last. Even if you're just more than the quarterback, the ownership, the franchise, like there's just once upon a time you would have had the Browns last, and then they hired the right coach. Stefanski's really good. That's what I mean. I guess they hired the right coach. I think they're good. Yeah. And and he does say what you know. Baker is clearly an NFL, a, a very good NFL starting quarterback. Very good. The one way a Chiefs staff member described him to me, he said he was incredibly accurate live. And Dilfer even mentioned it. Like he was really impressed with his accuracy. Like Did his Dilfer accuracy, say the Breeze thing? He compared to Breeze, but he just said like his ability on throws that it I was think him. casual guys, like that's an easy throw. He's like, that well, throws really hard. I I think it was Dilfer saying, "Does is Baker okay? Can Baker play like? Will, will Baker be okay playing like Breeze?" But the play that he threw the pick at the end of the game was not Drew Breeze, right? Or Breeze is he going to try out. and be Favre sometimes? Yeah, which is it? Because Breeze just didn't. Did you see the stat on that Jameis Winston touchdown? No. That Jameis threw the ball, whatever he threw a touchdown pass that I think was fifty air yards, and that 
Breeze never in his career threw a ball with 50 air yards. It was some stat like that. It was something insane. The pass was incredible. Let me see if I can find it here. I heard a stat last week that Jameis, as an underdog in his career, has covered at an insane rate. Just covered. And if you think about it, like for a lot of those years in Tampa, he had to be probably the greatest garbage time quarterback in the history of garbage time. Just throwing up stats. Even before Arians got there. Something to keep an eye on as our gambling uh, as our gambling grows here. The Jameis underdog. It's just, and I started thinking, I was like, ah, it kind of makes some sense because he because he won't give a shit. He ain't scared. Yeah. Interesting. His air yardage. When do you ever remember? Close your eyes and imagine a Drew Brees pass. Like he threw slants and outs. He didn't throw like even his Jimmy Graham pass against the Niners in that playoff game was probably like twenty five yards right down the middle of the field. He never threw like uh, trying to think of someone who. When did he throw go routes? He doesn't like that. Just wasn't part of their arsenal. It's it's actually you could argue it's more of a testament to like how elite his head coach was that he had a quarterback who couldn't throw it downfield and they kicked ass for a decade plus. It's a pretty yeah. remarkable guy. Let me. Yeah. I'll I'll correct the stat here. It's the so it, because it was a touchdown pass. This was the. 50 air yards. Drew Brees attempted 9,421 passes for the Saints and never had a touchdown with 50 air yards. So he probably, he had throws with 50 air yards, but never for a touchdown. But probably a long time ago. I would imagine. I think it was the first one in, it was the first one maybe since 2016 that the Saints have had a QB throw an air yard ball. So he's done it before. Yeah. Maybe it was a Hail Mary. I don't know. Uh, Okay. You want to, Bum, 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 bum. I don't know why that's the uh, the music here, but we can uh, dive into all the NFL games. What do you think? Yeah, fire the ones that uh, you fired up on. <laughs> well, you are you treating this all? Are you treating no, this I'm, now? I'm like, good. No, I'm excited. No, I mean, I'm I'm in. Like the preseason. All no, right, I'm I'm into all these games. Okay. Uh, where do I have this schedule? Here we go. Here we go, John. Bum, 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 bum. I see right, all the games. Up. I see the first game. I'm like, uh. Bengals bear. This is just, we go through the games. If you got to take, you got to take. Uh, have a take. Do not suck. Bengals bears. This is a, uh, we'll start in the 10 a.m. slate, John. Bengals bears. Imagine getting this game on fall. Like, oh, there's some good games this week. Let, let me see what my Fox morning game is. Bengals bears. Andy Dalton's still starting. Yeah, my one take is Matt Nagy better win this game. Like you just, you got to win this game. That's end of story, period, point blank. You you cannot, even if the Bengals turn out to be like, when the dust settles, maybe they're like a six or seven win team. They're better than you think. It will not look good Sunday night, Monday morning for him. You have to win this game. At yep. home, you got to win this game. I just, well, that's all That's all I got. Uh, you know, on one hand, you're rooting for Managi. On the other hand, you if you want to see Fields, maybe an L here gets you closer to Justin Fields. Yeah, but an L, like they're just, is, does he make it to October 1st? I mean, well, who's replacing just, him? One of the nine offensive coordinators, uh, yeah, quarterback yeah, coaches he's got? Yeah, you just, you got to win this game. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe he doesn't have a replaceable guy on his staff, but you just can't lose this game. Well, I think he might, actually. Um, okay, next up, well, Houston. Honestly, I, 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 you know, if I was going to gamble on this game, I might take the Bengals. Would you have a line on that? I don't have, I don't have it up in that fashion. I should have uh, pulled up my bookies. Yeah, I, I got it. It is. Uh, see this line. What would you guess it is? Uh, I would guess it's Chicago one and a half. 
Lions very telling. It's two. Yeah. It's not a good sign. Uh, especially in Chicago. Like it's one thing to not have a home field advantage, you know, at a loud, st- you know, uh, uh, a, a, a corporate stadium, but. Well, if let's just, I'll give you a hypothetical here. They, they win the toss. They receive, they go three and out first series of the season at home. Game one of the eight home games, 100% booze, right? Series one. Oh yeah. Oh, like everyone in the stadium is booing. Series yep. one. Yep. Think how loud it would be by a halftime if you're down like 10 nothing. You know, it could just, I'm telling you, I, don't think, thing, any, I don't think any team can get as ugly as fast as that team. Uh, here's the with thing the, too, with the fans. They've already played fields, so we know that they'll go to him. All right, we spent too much time on that game. Next up, Houston at Cleveland. Here's a quick take for you. You know, if this were college football, we'd say, God, Cleveland last week was such a big game for them to open with Kansas City. They had it. They lost it. Uh, can they recover emotionally from it? So that's part of my question here is let's see what Houston is, but they just played the Jags week one. Can Cleveland just take care of their business here? Uh, how they look to me. I'm, I am giving them a win in this game. I'm not even thinking much about it. I think they're really good. And they showed it last week. They're really good. Can they just kick the Texans ass and show no hangover from that, that game, it wasn't just the Chiefs. It was the Chiefs week one. So you'd had, if you, even if you have the one and oh mentality, you're talking about week one the whole time. It's the Chiefs game. You know, there's no like, uh, you know, we're not thinking about the Chiefs yet. We got to take care of the Bengals here week one. It's like, no, week one was the Chiefs. So even in the coach football mind of we only take it one week at a time, that was the game they were taking one week at a time and they lost it in heartbreaking fashion. So I just want to see him kick the Texans ass. I agree. Like to me, you should look up from your couch and it should be twenty four nothing at halftime, right? Something like that. Just yeah, they're just killing them. Do you have a? Do you have the? Do you have my bookie up while we're going through this? Yeah, uh, twelve and a half. Uh, Rams at Colts was the one I was uh, a little more interested in. the uh, The Colts I thought looked offensively disjointed last week with Carson. He looked uncomfortable. I I don't think that's something you fix by week two. Maybe it gets a little better. I don't know what the number is. I would guess it's Rams four and a half. Rams minus three and a half. So okay, I like the Rams. Home, a home dog that was a playoff team last year. I know. A home dog playoff team? That's pretty crazy. Okay, if it was two and a half, I'd like the Rams. Fine, you convinced me. Three and a half. I, I kind of like the Colts money line in this. You're, you're right. I think the, that, that the Rams can good. go 12 and five. If you go, well, one of their five losses, maybe two divisional games and a road game at Indy. Like, it's not that crazy. I guess, remember last year, the Colts lost week one to the Jags. were like, what is wrong with them? And then they came back and, and played. Really I think well. from a gambling perspective, I do think there's value in teams that lost the previous week. I agree. Early in the season. Against a team on national TV that looked great, the Rams. Especially a talented team. This is a early morning kickoff. Indy is one of those sneaky, like, you think Midwest, but it's actually Eastern time zone. So it's, you know, throws you off. I remember sneaky to us. The combine. Probably not was, speaking to the rest of the world. Yeah. But does that feel like an Eastern time zone city to you? No, it feels in the Midwest. I know it does. Yep. Uh, okay. Next up, John bills at dolphins bills at dolphins. This is a great game. It is. Um, I, I like it's a, you're right. It is a big game. This was the game last year, right? Where Josh Allen and uh, Fitz magic each had huge passing days. Um, I don't expect, my, I don't know how much. Did you watch much of the Miami game last week? Uh, yeah, I watched it back. 
Tua, I think they dropped like three or four balls. They were not helping Tua out. Ma- made some nice throws. Also made some stupid throws. He didn't look terrible. I thought Waddle looked remarkable. Like Waddle's speed is like Reggie Bush in college. Like, holy shit, this guy's fast. Yeah. Uh, to me, they just, they are South Beast Patriots. They want to play an ugly physical style. They wish Tua was elite, but ultimately Tua is just going to be a game manager. And they're going to, to me, their wins are going to be 21 to 20, 17 to 16, 24 to 17. Like they just, the Bills, in theory, should be putting up 30 points. Now, can they put up 30 points against a good defense? I don't know. I mean, that's just, it's a big game. I mean, if the Dolphins start 2 and 0, talk shit all you want about Tua, it actually speaks to how well they're being run, right? Yep. Yep, and, and it would set up a big game next week with the Raiders. But also, the, then the Bills start 0-2. Like, they were just in the AFC Championship game. I know it was I a know. COVID year, but still, like, they were viewed like it didn't feel not normal. Josh, They just gave Josh Allen $150 million guaranteed. Uh, Patriots and Jets, we talked about that game earlier. Niners and Philly, we've been talking about that game all week. Vegas and Pittsburgh, we've talked about that quite a bit. Anything to add to any of those games? I think the morning slate... Beside the Rams Indy, like for us in Northern California, just getting the Niners, Philly, and Vegas rate and Steelers. Like if I had to pick, like those are right near the top. Like I feel yeah. good about what the games we're getting because there are some really shitty games, and I, I like pretty good. You know the two buried. I, I mean, one's in Vegas now, but you know what I mean. Yep, it's a really good game. I also think New Orleans and Carolina not a great game. I Jameis is quickly becoming. I was a little pessimistic that this could like that. He would look like the potential franchise quarterback again, but maybe he's going to look like a potential franchise quarterback again. Now that first game, you know, I don't know, but, um, Jameis they, is just guy. They start two and oh, Packers. And then they, you know, basically two road games. Cause they got booted out of the area. Right. Be pretty impressive. And if you're them, you're like, well, look at what's, we already beat the Packers head to head to your point, And the NFC West is going to beat itself up. Like, why can't we be the one seat again? Spin zone? Is this a home Actually, game? Actually, I guess you can't be. It would be hard to be the one seed, but. I guess they played in Jacksonville last week, uh, not Carolina. Yeah. Is that where they played last week? Uh, no, they played they, uh, they play in Jacksonville. Did they? Either Carolina or Jacksonville. I think it was Jacksonville, but don't quote me on that. One of those two. Wasn't Charlotte? Yeah, they were displaced. Well, that's isn't that where the Panthers play in Charlotte? Yeah. Were they at home? The Panthers. Yeah, because they played the Jets. Because the Giants played. Oh, that's yeah, right. right. Yeah, it wasn't uh, Jacksonville. Okay, I was next actually up. shocked when they showed some of the crowd shots in that yeah. Jacksonville game. Like I thought, like if you just live there, I would never go to a Jacksonville game, but I'd go watch Packers, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Denver uh, at Jacksonville. Uh, we that's our. Uh, did we say it earlier? That's our dud of the week. Yeah, dud of the week. Okay. Dud of the week. All right, afternoon games. Minnesota at Arizona. It's just Arizona early on. Like, are they going to build themselves a? Uh, 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 are they going to? build themselves up like, yes, we are one of the teams to beat in the NFC. The question with them is longevity over the course of a season, not just early, but they should win this game. I'm guessing that line is pretty big. See, I got this one red flag. What would you guess the line is? Uh, My guess is that line is Arizona seven and a half. It's three and a half. Ooh, I, I, I do think this last year, the I was texting with someone. I forget who it was not like a just someone that covers the NFL and they were saying look back last year at Arizona they lost a lot of games after big wins they mm-hmm. were a very up and down team 
And I think this is what we were talking about earlier, the ebb and flow of week one to week two. So week two, you just think, oh, the Vikings suck. They lost to the Cincy. But what if it turns out Cincy is actually better than you think? And Minnesota just had a weird start. Like they, they, you know, Arizona clearly got up for that game. They approached week one as they should have, like fucking a huge game. And they kicked the shit out of Tennessee. All of a sudden, human nature, you see Minnesota, like, we're way better. And these guys start feeling yourself. And all of a sudden, it's like tie game, third quarter. That's kind of what I envision. Because, yeah, in theory, you're right. Hey, guy, how is this not like a nine-point line? Three and a half? That's a, that's, that to me is Minnesota's winning this game. Maybe you want to take no. Minnesota's lock of the week? Uh, next up, the Atlanta at Tampa. <laughs> There's some bad games this week, guy. Dallas at uh, the Chargers. This is, this, this has the potential to be a, a fun game. I said earlier, DraftKings. This is a mojo moment, John, for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Big mojo moment here, this whole thing. couple of things. One, give me Justin Herbert's probably going to be – I haven't made my lineup yet, but I'm guessing he costs quite a bit of dough on DraftKings this week. I got him. You I already got him. What do you think his ownership is going to be? 100 a million. People? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's huge against this Dallas team. Dak might be worth taking from that perspective too. Is Greg Zer- like if this team's gonna be competitive? Is do they have a kicker problem, or did Greg Zerline miss three kicks on Thursday Night Football to start the season and and then forgot about it and moved on? I don't know, but it's gonna be a big deal for them because with their defense, they might be playing in a ton of close games. They cannot afford to be giving away possessions and coming up empty on on good on good possessions because their kicker's missing kicks because their defense is not gonna stop anybody. The, so that could the be cra- a major the crowd is going to be, what do you think, 85% Cowboy fans? Huge Cowboy home game coming up here in L.A., yeah. <laughs> I mean, massive. Oxnard massive. stand up. Massive. That game is really good. I'm really excited to consume that thing. Yeah. That's Nance, uh, Nance and Romo, 425. Either Buck or Aikman um, or Nance and Romo. One of CBS, so it's Nance and Romo. Yeah, I guess Romo and... Uh, or I mean, Buck and Aikman probably have tight in Seattle because those are two 425 games. No, that's a CBS game as well. So where do you think uh, old Buck and... Maybe uh, Rams-Colts? Yeah, they could be doing an early morning. Don't they always do the afternoon or sometimes There's, they do the morning? Oh, well, could they be doing Atlanta-Tampa? That's the afternoon. That's the... I mean, they're not doing Minnesota-Arizona. The afternoon Fox game is Atlanta-Tampa. Would they do that game? It doesn't feel like it, but I no. mean, maybe you just ride Brady like you do, you know, <laughs> McDonald's does the, uh, you know, Big Mac. Like, it's just, this is what we got and you better, Could be. you know, ride it to the promised land. We can, we can look into that if we care enough about it. Uh, this next game, Tennessee at Seattle's, I think fascinating because the question with Seattle, I think it's possible. Here's an early Seattle take for you. It's possible that this is the year that Seattle doesn't ride the roller coaster that Seattle usually rides, that they are just really consistent. Offensively, they show up for every game. I said this the other day, and I know I said this after the Packers got blown out, but this offense tends to be pretty consistent. In Russell's hands, it can be explosive. But Seattle's problem often is they – are one of the best teams in the league on their good days. And then they can play down to just about anybody that they play. And they end up in some really weird games. Some of Tennessee's problems on offense might be real. Um, uh, uh, two words for you guy, Todd Downing. What did you just send me? Did you send me something about Todd Downing yesterday? I don't or, think it was uh, me. It might've been someone else. Oh, 
Usually if I get a text from Todd about Todd Downing, it's from Middlecoff, but maybe it was somebody else. Um, but I think Seattle, we might look at them and go like, no, they, they're not taking any weeks off. So I, I think they, uh, I think they look good again this week, but this is part of the deal. Like, are they going to look good this week and look like the team that on their best days they can be? Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Andrews, and Christina Pink do not have a weekend game. They, if you're watching this, obviously if you listen to this, the game already happened, but those guys do the Thursday night game and then they got nothing the rest of the week. So, you know. Is that the way it's going to be all year? No, I just think this week, the way it played out, I don't know. Maybe Buck has, I don't know why, but they do not have a game from what I see. Oh, The Niners, Adam Mean, Schlereth, and the Raider game is Ian Eagle, Charles Davis. Evan Washburn. Mm. So the number two crew, Tampa, you know, is, is Burkhart, Greg Olson, who's actually pretty good. I enjoy listening to him. Yeah. uh, He's already, he basically just took over for John Lynch. Burkhart was doing the Arthago white side the other day in the Eagles game. Is that the game he called Eagles Falcons? Yeah. With Olson. Um, And then Sunday night football chiefs Ravens. (laughs) That's pretty good. one. Yeah. I think Mahomes just, I mean, he's already been getting it, but just the Tom Brady paid Manning treatment, like max him out. How many, how many games? Well, max him out and then leave their potential for uh, flex games weeks 12 through 17. I, I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe when you said in preseason, you don't want to watch. I, anytime Mahomes is on a football field, that's, that's why I watch football for him. Oh, yeah. I, preseason. I, yeah, but I just want to watch Patrick Mahomes. I think he's one of the most remarkable players I've, any sport ever I've ever watched. He is. I'm a fun no player. I just I just get joy watching him play. Monday night, what are you going to do Monday What do you want to do Monday night? We can talk about that on Sunday. Well, I just mean like, do you want to, do you have any plans Monday night? Because if you don't, you can make them. Lions, Packers, Monday night football. Oh, yeah. The good thing, if you're that broadcast crew, you're like, this is good. If the Packers had won 30 to three week one, this would be painful, but they lost. So you get a little... Are the is something wrong with Aaron? Is Aaron's mood killing the locker room? It just turns into like a three-hour podcast about Aaron Rodgers, though. That's to me what that game's going to turn. Be into. a lot of Dan Campbell. Yeah, but you, I mean, you what's do something for the bad team. You do something for them in the broadcast too. Golf, yeah, that's something for golf. Today, a lot of film Acuda, breakdown of Sewell. Akuda, you know, he just tore his Achilles. Team captain got yelled at and tore his Achilles. Yeah, that sucks. So. Uh, all right, that's the big weekend ahead. That's what, what we, we got. got. Yeah. That's what we got. A long Thursday pod. Al says, uh, since 1990, teams that are 1-1 one and one go to the playoffs only 18% of the time. Teams that are 2-0 and oh go 60% of the time. I think we need to scrap these stats. Another game. It's a pretty dramatic difference. The it thing is, is you, just, you just don't know after 20, after two, uh, you don't know after two weeks who's the 60 and who's the 40%, you know? I also think we need to be team. careful moving forward. Is like, you know, are these teams built for January? Well, every team gets to play in January now. I was always like, yeah. January football this meant the playoffs. So what are you going to say? Like, the playoffs? I don't know. The, the Bengals get a game in January now. Like every team. I actually had a Bengal fan. I always think of that as like cold weather, a cold weather comment, you know? Well, that's like November, December is what I thought. And then use the word January. It means like big time football games. I had a Bengal fan that's like, fired into my DMs. He's like, uh, do you think it's unfair the way that we get talked about? He's like, we won the division four times. We made the playoffs six times in the last like 12 years. 
Yet we get considered like we're the Lions or the Browns the last 20 years, and we don't really have that as much in common with them. We've won a lot in a division that's pretty hard and beaten those teams a lot. Like we won the division when the Steelers didn't or beat the Ravens. It's like, you know, you bring up a fair point. I think it's kind of your owner, you know. Who's been the executive of the year in the NFL. They they do get lumped it's not in. A bad, it's not a bad, but their lows have been so. But they've had some highs. No, no playoff wins. But, and they've had just some solid. Like the Marvel, they had just some real solid. You're right. I think that was a solid win week one. I mean, that was beat the beat the Vikings. I mean, they were like it's a seven-point underdog. Even in the face of logic, I still feel like, no, they get treated appropriately. I agree. I did. That, was, that was my take. I'm like, eh. <laughs> Can't stand up for you on this one, man. Good luck, though, out there. I All right, think everybody. his point was no one fights for them. Can you imagine if the Raiders That's what I'm had that resume? And you, were like, and, they, and you were like, yeah, man, you make a good point. I mean, I'm not going to fight for you, but good luck with your battle. Yeah, keep fighting the good fight. Go Buckeyes. All right, get into the mailbag. Leave us a review on iTunes. We always appreciate that, an iTunes review. And uh, yeah, we were thinking like, oh, we'll keep, it a, we'll keep this pod tight for the weekend. But big one. Gets away from me. Hope you can lift it. Thanks, everybody. Later. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.